0: It's Calabria with the cross, Giroud, yes, what a beauty, a hat-trick against Sampdoria and with Milan's
1: first real attempt in anger, Olivier Giroud produces a gorgeous header. Muriel goes for goal, he'll try again and it's an absolute beauty. couple in
0: Safe and big ups, fam. Welcome to the real deal season 2, episode 40 of Serie A Spotlight. We're
1: your hosts, Jake and Matt. And you must have noticed that we have a new intro. Yes, thank you very much to our boy Xavier for giving us the opportunity to use his music in our intro, guys. Check him out, he's the fucking coolest
0: Yeah, he loves to say uh, This rapper just reached out to He was like, yo, love the content Like, He uh, was like, it would mean a lot To me if you could use my, my music I And mean, we checked out
1: his music, and his music's Lit, it's, it's, fucking, it's fire It's, it's really fucking good. lit, and you guys should go check out his music Videos, he's rapping all kinds of Vintage Serie A, full track suits and kits This guy's the coolest His full name is Xavier Topfloor Xavier Topfloor Check him out on Spotify Check him out on YouTube Check him out anywhere And show him some love, guys He's a loyal listener Good guy as well And banging, banging tunes, genuinely Hear me now What a week of football, bro Oh, man, the penultimate day of Serie A An entire season, another entire season Doing this podcast with you, brother Again, always a pleasure And... Towards the end of the season, it's it's just my favorite episodes to record, genuinely. Yeah,
0: because yeah. it's like we speak more on the on the grand scheme of things than yeah. the actual game itself, you know, and and that can be quite enjoyable at times, you know. Um, we've seen seasons. That have
1: become successful this weekend Exactly Exactly Like for example Milan is is the best case scenario Everyone's saying What a terrible season Milan have had all of a sudden Europe next year Champions League semi-final What a successful season
0: Lecce survived for example That's another
1: massive thing Successful season for them That was the goal You know Salernitana survived Absolutely We'll We'll Mm -hmm. get into all these, these details Very soon But yes Towards the end of the season Obviously we spend an entire An entire season 39 episodes Talking about what could be. And finally, now we get to present to you guys exactly what went down and we get to close this wonderful season off in style. Our goal of the week well, two goals of the week, we've been doing that nowadays. Do you guys like it? Do you prefer one goal of the week? I think it gives us the opportunity to appreciate more goals. Even if they weren't as beautiful, maybe they meant something. Maybe it wasn't Mm -hmm. the last minute. It just allows us to give props to more goals. And it's unique, you know. I mean, it's easy to just plug in Muriel's strike because it was from
0: from a distance and it was a rocket. But, you know, that finesse and the the flair and and
1: just the... Giroud's a predator, man. Look, man, Giroud's goal, you see him hustle so hard to get to the ball. And then just he exports this this finesse when he heads the ball. He gets there like a savage, and then it's it's poetry in motion the way it hits the back yeah. of the net. There was only one specific ball width where the ball could have gone without Chesney getting to it or the ball hitting the post, and that is exactly where it was placed by this 39-year-old veteran striker for AC Milan. 12 goals this season. What a season he has had, man. Incredible, incredible. Um, obviously.
0: drink like fine wine. huh?
1: Exactly. And obviously, Muriel's goal. Don't you just love when a free kick hits the wall, bounces back to the player, and the player just can't sit yeah. first time again after a failed free kick. That's exactly what happened. A bit of help after it hit the crossbar and bounced slightly off on Anna's arm. But a wonderful, wonderful goal nonetheless by Muriel. Definitely um, For the betting segment guys We have quit betting I know only two episodes left We could have kept it up But honestly we can't We have these wonderful patrons That are kind enough to be paying a subscription fee To support the podcast And it just doesn't feel right Putting that money towards betting When we can invest it yeah. And give you guys better quality with your help Exactly, exactly. feels hypocritical to have patrons on and to be
0: betting five euro on Verona winner draw, You <laughs> know uh, so.
1: taking all these yeah. risks, just fucking their money away. Yeah.
0: Fuck that! So man. no, we're just gonna save up and and get some equipment, guys. Yeah. Um, thanks to your your subscriptions. Um, if you would like to subscribe and join the family and eventually tune into our lives, when we'll be um, streaming FIFA and other types of content, um, check out the link in our bio on Instagram at say a spotlight or on Twitter.
1: Um, you'll find the link to our Patreon over there. Exactly. Behind the scenes content you get featured in a in our question segment you get to witness our fifa head-to-head streams join our patreon now guys just 3.99 a month the price of a pack of four mcnuggets thank you once again ed for that analogy i absolutely (laughs) adore it so bro before we get
0: down i have a few notes i took random observations from this week random pieces of news um lots of new kits on display this match day did any of them stand out to you
1: to me, it was Fiorentina's, Lovely genuinely, it kit. looks really, really good, it has that vintage feel to it, the purple is in a bit of a darker tone, it has that pattern to it, they brought back the white collar, absolutely love that mm. kit, man Gorgeous, gorgeous kit, I also Lottia's kit. Lottia's away- like Lazio's kit Lazio's, it uh, was an away kit, right, the black one Yeah, it,
0: it was like inspired by the,
1: the Venezia kit Absolutely. two seasons ago I think so too um, And I also liked. so Roma have changed their sponsor to Toyota for next year mm. They were sporting the the Toyota tracksuits The tracksuits look really cool Sponsored by Toyota, Mm -hmm. man It looks good on the kit Toyota is a cool cool sponsor Yeah, yeah, absolutely And reliable
0: And reliable, you know Parts aren't that expensive It's all good (laughs) Sponsor
1: us, Toyota
0: (laughs) (laughs) Four Serie A, teams have confirmed their place In next year's edition of the Champions League These teams are, of course, Napoli Lazio, Inter, and Milan. Inter have confirmed. Sorry, Lazio have confirmed that second place. Yep, finish. Um, and third place is up for grabs, depending what happens on the final day. It's exactly. between Milan and Inter. Yep, you know what we we're hoping for. Yes, sir. Um, and plus, let's not take into let's not take it for granted that Juve are. Are out of it completely. Of course, they they most likely are. But you you never know the way that their points have just been taken away from them and given to them. They're like fucking I don't know, man. What analogy would you use for something so moody? Um, maybe that
1: that is it. Katy Perry's song, Hot and Cold. Yeah, is that a Katy Perry song? Shout out Xavier Top Floor. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Salernitana survive, Lecce survive, Spezia and Hellas Verona are taking it to the final day yep. for some drama. Sp- do Do you know, before you comment, mm. that if they have the same amount of points, there's a playoff?
1: What?
0: A relegation playoff. playoff. No way. But that's, but they- that's happening in Serie A right now between Cosenza
1: and Brescia, what, the is, first game. Is this confirmed in Serie A? This, this is, is confirmed. Oh, that's mental. Because... Yep. Spezia have the direct encounter in their favor because there was a nil-nil draw and a two-one win for Spezia over Verona. So yeah. I just assume that now they're playing, and so Spezia get to play Roma away on their final game of the season. Um, Verona play Milan away last game of the season. I'm gonna be there watching it, also oh, yeah. shooting some content for for you guys and for our patrons. Um, so I just assume they're both gonna get zero points from those games, and Verona are gonna get relegated.
0: Yeah. Well well that's to be honest what I was expecting as well. But we'll see. Um the last day always has so much drama, bro. We'll we'll see what happens. And Veron have their nickname Fatal Veron. I you know, mm. from
1: from shafting Milan back in yeah. the day. And do you know which stadium it's gonna be played in? This is gonna be probably a neutral stadium and I think it's like two a- legs.
0: Home and home and it's oh. over two legs, I believe, yeah. Oh, but yeah, that would be that would be nice, bro. Speaking of, it would be very similar to the A survival um playoffs that has our dick nice and hard. Um <laughs> our it dicks, was, <laughs> please. Oh, multiple dicks. We, we are Siamese. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um it's between Cosenza and Brescia in A and the first um, leg With Cosenza uh, at home Ended 1-0 for them With the goal coming from Marco Nasti The baby bomber They call him He's 19 Ooh. years old He's a He's a prolific goal scorer Already I believe He's on loan from Milan Interesting Okay
1: yeah. Baby bomber
0: Baby bomber Very good Now um In the promotional playoffs Which are more interesting oh, Let's So it. It interesting is So crazy And fun to watch Um Sutterol Eliminated Pipponzaghi's Regina Thanks to an 89th minute Winner by Kazeragi. You can imagine The scenes yeah. And then the game Between Ven- Venezia And Cagliari Ended uh, in a 2-1 Victory for Cagliari Thanks to an early b- Brace by Gianluca Lapadula Dude Um He showed That He was just a a cut above the rest in terms of quality this game
1: absolutely man what a game he had two I mean not spectacular goals but very professionally taken goals you could tell that this guy's got Serie A experience and I'd be excited to see him back in the league or even if they don't get there get to see him transferred maybe to a lower tier team within Serie A yeah
0: definitely I enjoyed having him in the league um he scored that that second goal was all him. Like so calm, bro. He dispossessed the defender and just finished expertly. He's so so calm under pressure. Yeah. Um Meanwhile, right now, there's also a promotional playoff um taking place between Südtirol and Bari. Um we'll see where this goes. And then tomorrow there's the so tomorrow would be Tuesday, guys, Tuesday the thirtieth. Um there's a game between I believe it was uh, uh Cagliari Cagliari and Parma. Parma. Yes. Yeah, two Cagliari. former
1: Serie A teams obviously very recently yeah. um, excited to see them go head to head. I wish there were still some of the classic names we remember mm-hmm. for both teams in Serie A particularly you know um Joao Pedro for example yeah. um uh, Graziano the- Pelle oh, yeah, for, the- for Parma. There are
0: a few, uh, bro. There are a few. There's Dennis Man and Buffon. I love Dennis Man. Yeah, Dennis Man's so good and and even the other one um Mc- Mc- Mihaila? I'm not sure if he's still Mahala. there Mahala. I think he had gone to Atlanta But I think he was only alone And of but...
1: course Cagliari still have Nathan Nandez, Nandez A fantastic and... player And they still own some great Serie A players mm. uh, And they, I know they had a couple of players loaned out. Don't know them on top of my head But obviously we remember Marin with them We remember Cranio with them Cranio obviously uh, needs to stay at Monza now After they confirm that they will be staying in Serie A But yeah, a lot of cool players Will return to the league, man yeah, they also if have they... Bellanova in their final Oh, exactly, exactly.
0: Inter have communicated to UEFA that they'd like to wear their traditional black and blue home kit for the Champions League final, despite
1: the fact that Manchester City are the designated home team. Okay. Um, well, technically, you could tell them apart. Yeah, you could. Yes, it'd it would be, be better than the fucking Milan-Juve game that we saw, where they both had the, the back of the T-shirts were both black. Yeah. And we're used to... Juve in white shorts and Milan in black shorts, and was the other way around in this game. I I, I didn't know who I was keeping my eyes on. Yeah, at times uh, certain runners in behind
0: caught me off guard. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. We're keeping everyone on side.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Run the other way, bro. Where are you going?
0: (laughs) <laughs> but um, yeah um, By the way Speaking of kids That stood out um, I tried my best to, Like Juve's,
1: Uh Oh no I, way I No, no exactly. way And last time Because I said It's like a child drew With yellow highlighter on it You told me off You called me a grandpa Yeah I was like Come on get with it bro High fashion But then <laughs> I, I saw it and in, in, in motion And it didn't get better No not at all Not at all I, I hate Juve haven't had it Good with their last few kids um, I can't remember The last one Well the, the one This season wasn't too bad Mm-hmm That was the last decent one Yeah, it's true Um, The Adidas have just become very, very weird You remember the one with um, I believe it was Ronaldo's final season Where they had had the pink stripe down the middle The bala was still there And then they had jeeps
0: With the hard black background And it just
1: looked like a sticker That was slapped onto the chest of the kid Jesus, dog
0: Jesus Spalletti is a free man And has asked for a sabbatical year Allowing him to resign from his role As head coach with one year left on his contract um, These terms mean that he isn't allowed To join another club This is one of Spalletti's favorite things to do yeah. um, <laughs> To just be contract bound And like on a safari somewhere yeah. in Africa well, you know? He hustles bro Yeah,
1: he, 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 he hustles and he takes a year out Don't you wish yeah. you could do that Over All power to we'll you go. Spalletti Obviously would like to keep the, the best people in the league And would like to keep the best performance, the, the best performers in the league he was the best manager by a landslide this season what he managed to do with this Napoli team was fantastic great group of players but it's not easy to get a, a fresh new team especially after losing some key pieces and um, to play that well together and, and to do bits well to historically get into the quarterfinals of the Champions League to to win the league in the manner that they did just a fantastic fantastic season hats off to Spalletti he deserves the air off.
0: Yes. Um, apparently, Napoli are going all in on Luis Enrique for next season. Oof. Yeah, um, he's one of the hottest names around, um, especially when it comes to affordable coaches. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: I, I totally imagine him there personally. Absolutely, Spain manager. Um, uh- Former Barcelona manager Former Barcelona manager Known to be a man of the people He had his famous live streams After every World Cup game for Spain Um, Just a a very very solid human being And he's had some success as well So it would be exciting to see him in the league
0: Yes, Daichi Kamada Will most likely be joining Milan As a free agent After they secured Champions League qualification The Japanese Czech Ortista Had a pretty good
1: season With 14 goals And 7 assists in all competitions yeah, exciting. Um, six foot tall attacking midfielder, um, known for his finishing, even good in the air. Um, he looks very, very good, but he does. I'm, as a Milan fan, I'm done looking he at does. highlight reels because that no got more. me hyped for players like Decay Telare, who obviously is talented, but he hasn't hit the ground running. Um, so I, I don't want to get too hyped before mm. I see him in action and say, yeah, but it does look promising. 27 years old, so he does have experience. Plays in the German league. Plays in the German league for Frankfurt. And it is going to be good seeing Milan sign someone who is in their physical prime. Definitely, bro.
0: So the next point I have is Conte was spotted at the UV milan game. For now,
1: who, exactly, bro? Yes, for who? For who? <laughs>
0: Jesus That's that's precisely my question For who? For who, dog? Perhaps for no one Perhaps for for the
1: love of the game, no? Perhaps to fucking stir shit up, bro Mm. Like, we know that Juve have pledged their loyalty towards Allegri Despite the entire Mm. team probably wanting him out Despite the unsettlement there is in the club A lot of it isn't his fault because of what's going on behind the scenes a lot of it is his man-management, which mm-hmm. he has seriously struggled with. He's really struggled with keep, keeping players happy for a number of years. That, that infamous falling out with Bonucci in the Champions League final that derailed them against Real Madrid, losing 4-1 um, in the fucking Champions League final, all over an argument between a veteran player and a manager. No, caused... it was
0: it was with Dani Alves, I believe, the argument, though. I, I think Allegri no, did actually then... get involved, but um, I oh, believe okay. the, the original argument was between Dani Alves and Bonucci because... Dani Alves actually knows how
1: to win, while Bonanchi thinks he knows how to win. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Bonanchi did this really cool thing where he joined Milan, then scored against Juve, celebrated, then then cried and (laughs) wanted to join Juve again. But Yeah. yeah, respect the veterans. Respect.
0: Now, um, Gasperini. his future with Atalanta is now in serious doubt, bro, for the first time in seven years I can't imagine Atalanta without Gasperini. weird
1: I can't either, but maybe it is time for them to freshen things up a little bit I can't mm. think of a man that could handle Atalanta in, yeah. in a better manner yeah. than, than he can But if you look at the past two seasons, they have been a bit of a failure for him Other teams have been slipping up and they... Slipped up too They didn't um, uh, Take advantage Of any slip ups
0: Can you It would be a step down For him And considering the season He's had Probably It wouldn't warrant A step down But Simone Enzaghi Also plays a very Rotation based Brand of football With three at the back He might be a good fit For Atalanta
1: Yes if If you're saying That he's leaving Inter
0: If they they made it very far In the Champions League I mean We had to ask Inter fans About Simón Enzaghi Before they made The Champions League final Before they even played Milan in the Champions League Semi-final Most of them would have said Enzaghi out Can't stand him very, very narrow-minded With the fact mm. that You know A yellow card He'll take you out um, He will Fucking rotate players Recklessly In their opinion Lose vital games
1: In the league mm. Well, they did lose around 10 games this season in, yeah, the, in yeah, the league, yeah, but yeah. fact of the matter is they're third. Now that brings us to the great debate, the great debate of Pioli, the great debate of Simone Inzaghi. What's going to happen? What should happen? Just because they finished high up, is it a successful season or were their performance is not up to par? Mm. Who knows? These are for the Do teams to discuss. Do you factor in
0: the fact that um, a political decision was the reason you finished there? For example, in Milan's case, there's a lot to, to think about, a lot to talk about. We'll, leave, um, that we'll leave that up to I the professionals, I guess. The pros, yes. Um, Paolo de Balak was the sigh of relief, a collective sigh of relief, all around Rome when um, he joined Mourinho and his Roma teammates in a training session. Today, he will probably be available for the Europa League final. Very good, very good, very good.
1: Yeah, you need your best players. We know Roma have been riddled with injuries. They still managed to use Mourinho's tactics in order to get themselves to another historic European final. Last year, it was the Conference League. This year, it's the Europa League. They need their best players. If they win this, they get another trophy. Second in a row in two seasons. And they get Champions League next year. Meaning we'll have five clubs in the Champions League next year.
0: Beautiful. Bro. Shall we give them a rundown of what happened in match day
1: 37? Absolutely, brother. So, Milan only needed one point away against Juventus, but they got three and they won 1 0 away from home, meaning Milan have secured Champions League football. Juve will need to fight until the last day to ensure that they get Europa League, because as it stands, they are getting Conference League. It was Inter 3, Atalanta 2 leaving a nice big gap between Milan and Atalanta, which subsequently confirmed Milan's place in the Champions League. Fiorentina 2, Roma 1, the battle of the Conference League finalists against the Europa League finalists. Surprise, surprise, it was the Conference League finalists that prevailed two goals to one. It was Lazio 3, Cremonese 2. A mad, mad game, including a last-minute goal by Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. A very emotional Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, as Lazio confirmed their place in second. Bologna 2, Napoli 2. Fantastic game of football over there between one of the hottest form teams right now in Serie A and Bologna versus the champions in Napoli. Verona won, Empoli won. Verona thought that they had it done, but Empoli gave them a nice little shush towards the end of the game. Spezia nil, Torino 4, meaning that Spezia have to fight till the last day after Verona's draw. Monza nil Lecce won a historic victory for Lecce as they confirmed that they will be in Serie A next year. The scenes in, in this game were immaculate. The manager couldn't even look at the penalty <laughs> being taken. It was the last kick of the game. Oh my god, genuinely, I get shivers even thinking about it. Salernitana three Udinese two last minute goal by Tru Stakong against his former club absolute scenes once again and a couple of great goals in this game by Salernitana and Sampdoria two Sassuolo two Sampdoria play better under pre- uh, when they're not under pressure mm-hmm. rather bro that's just a nice menu of games to discuss it's uh, really really well like, Juve, Milan, Inter, Atalanta, yeah. uh, can Fiorentina, Roma, Bologna, Bologna Napoli, Empoli are full of shit houses,
0: bro. They, I love them. They they had, so, so last week they had Henderson asking, uh, t- like mocking Vlaovic to his face, just going like, "Wow, 80 million! Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow!" Like after every mistake, <laughs> just saying that to his face. And this time he had Stojanovic scoring a late goal. Fucking potentially relegating Verona <laughs> And he just
1: runs back Staring the players in the face And shushing them <laughs> <laughs> They're such pieces of shit I love them, man the I people. love this Empoli team amazing, Jesus amazing, Christ amazing. Have fun with it, dude Fuck it Absolutely, bro Absol- There's the shithousery it, I think it's kind of friendly Shithousery mm. there, There's a lot of negativity in football will be uh, will be addressing some racist chants that went on um, uh, d- during this match day. Unfortunately, once again, this time aimed towards and um, You know, th- there's all this negativity in football. A bit of friendly shithousery isn't the end of the world. You look at, for example, the World Cup. I believe it was the quarterfinals uh, between Netherlands and Argentina. That was oh brilliant shit bro. That was that's competitiveness, that was fun bro. To watch, bro. absolutely, that's it. That's it,
0: that's it because. There's no reason for these athletes to repress the, their competitive nature Exactly you know? and, and there are different types of people There are people who are humble in victory And there are people who will rub it in There are the Jamie Vardis of this world you Exactly know? And and honestly, the, the Martinez's
1: of the world Exactly I love to watch them Same here, man Love it Same, same, um, here. same here As long as they don't cross the line I'm thrilled to see that, and actually might root for the bad guys. Yeah. But I think we should just jump into it. We're obviously gonna start by the staple um, match of this of this match day. It was Juve nil Milan one. Milan get the double over Juve after the previous encounter was Milan two Juve nil, which included that mental solo goal solo goal by Brahim Diaz. Milan get Champions League through this game. They only needed one point, but they got three. This was practically a playoff um, for the final top 4 spot and a point would be enough for the Rossoneri thanks to their superior head-to-head record, winning 2-0 in October. Danilo and Juan Cuadrado returned from suspension, but Dusan Vlahovic had a muscular issue with Paul Pogba, Niccolò Fagioli and Matias Sule unavailable. Ben Nasser, Dest and Zlatan didn't make the trip either due to their injuries. I realise that I repeated myself loads, please don't hate me guys. <laughs> Juve lined up in a 3-4-1-2 formation with Chesney and on the backline of Danilo, Bremer and Gatti, they had Kostic out on the left and Quadrado out on the right with a midfield two of Locatelli and Rabiot, Di Maria played behind Moise Keane and Chiesa. This occasionally did look like a 3-4-1-2 and it occasionally looked like a 4-3-3, but we typically did see Chiesa and Moise Keane up front together with Di Maria just behind them. For Milan, it was a 4 2 formation with Mike Manian in goal on the back line of Calabria, Chiao, Tomori, and Hernandez. Uh, midfield double pivot of Kronic and Tonali with Diaz just ahead of them, Messias out on the right, Leão out on the left, and the bomber Giroud up front. Now, early on in the game, Cuadrado had a pop-up goal from distance, which was well-saved by manian and Di Maria skied an opportunity from inside the area, which could have left for Kostic, was in a better position and would have more than likely scored with Manian tracking back in position. Mm-hmm. Um, but Di Maria, yeah. Just does whatever he wants. He's being heavily no, criticised. He. he was booed at the end of the game. Yep, I have some some notes about that as well and we will get into it. Juve had the most opportunities towards the start of the game. They had the Allianz Arena behind them. But in the 40th minute, it was Milan that opened the scoring through Giroud. Calabria delivered a precise early cross for the Frenchman, who out-jumped Gatti and headed into the bottom corner, sensationally an inch perfect header, he did so well to get contact to it in the first place and the way he guided it into the bottom corner was absolutely gorgeous what a striker, he scored a hat-trick in the last match against Sampdoria and now an important goal like this, this guy is just unreal Milan could have made it 2 in the 70th minute, but Giroud opted to pass it to Salemakers, who was in a tight angle, rather than Brahim, who was in acres of space in front of goal. He did end up apologizing to Brahim. It was the Mm -hmm. wrong decision, but you can't hate on a man that just got a sensational goal like that. And then in the dying moments of the match, Juventus had a chance to equalize when Danilo had a scoring opportunity in a goal mouth scramble. However, I believe it was Kalulu that got a pivotal touch to it. Not sure he knew much about it. Suddenly... Is it a positive season for Milan? They make Champions League. We saw the scenes, them celebrating with Pioli at the end of the season. It brings tears to my eyes. See them surrounding Pioli like that, was under so much criticism. All the players were under so much criticism. But at the end of the day, Milan made the Champions League semi-finals and got top four. They get the Champions League after winning the league last season. It really has been a good couple of years to be a Milan fan, man. It has, um, Finally. <laughs> After seven years
0: of Hell Of a fever dream. <laughs> se- Seven years Years of Not understanding What's going on Like se- Seven years of Berlusconi He's gonna sell He's not gonna sell He's gonna sell He's not gonna sell Ah he found the seller I ah, didn't find Seven years out. of
1: saying Is this the new Milan Are Milan yeah. ever gonna be back Chinese
0: fucking taking over And then b- b- Splashing so m- Much money Andre Silva by, by Luis Adriano
1: Biglia KSK fi- Honda Financial ruin Elimination from, from Europe Montari Essien like, Tarapt Oh bro this, We've uh, seen it all Erby Emanuelson Fernando Torres <laughs>
0: joined, <laughs> joined Milan During the fucking You were
1: so there. hyped for him Bro dog. I was fucking watching
0: Liverpool so <laughs> Honestly, I think it would be better if we brought him in now. Have you seen Look, Torres bro,
1: recently? He'd he, be a centre-back. He'd be like Basquerotto. He's like, yeah, he's like Basquerotto level jacked. He is jacked. And he is the manager of Barcelona's Under Something, who recently played Real Madrid's Under Something at Arbeloa. Yeah. He's the manager. Arbeloa is known to be an absolute shithouse ambassador for Real Madrid. Um I said Barcelona Sorry I meant Atletico Madrid uh, Obviously yeah, yeah. for Torres And these two were just Going at it on the touchline, being held back is quite a scrawny Small guy Torres is a uh, is, is a big yeah. buff guy But has Balls of steel yeah. Some, Someone mocked him From the stand Someone mocked Torres mm. And Torres just looked at the stand And was like I'm coming up there <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, Where do you think I'm going <laughs> But yeah
1: um, is Giroud Milan's MVP for this season. We had a short conversation about this recently. I know in January I said he was, you said Ben Nasser was. Mm-hmm. What's your verdict now, match day
0: 38? Um, um, um I'm going to go for Leo. You're
1: going to go for I'm going to go for it. Come on
0: Leo. Come on Leo. No, I'm going to go Leo, right? I mean, you have to go Leo. He's got more goal contributions than Giroud. He links that fucking defense to the attack almost perfect. Like you give him the ball at the halfway line, boom, he's going to charge towards the area. Super unpredictable, super strong, super... Like, you know, he's the type of guy you can purely rely on. With Giroud, you need to give him service, granted, but... I think this season, Milan have been inconsistent on all fronts, right? And and Leao was also inconsistent. Giroud also had a dry spell. I couldn't remember the last time he scored before he scored that hat-trick at Sampdoria, for example. I don't think he would be the the player of the season for me, for Milan. Mm-hmm. I would go for Leao.
1: Um I'm going to say Giroud because the same argument that I had back in January, I think from a consistency standpoint now, you, you just said that obviously he had a dry spell, which... Is true. You could argue that the service wasn't there. You could argue that Giroud isn't a striker that gets you over 15, over 20 goals a season. He's a striker that plays with his back towards goal, looking to set up his teammates, looking to lay the ball off to his teammates. I think when the stage was big, Giroud was the guy to get the That's big always goals the for me. right? It is. And, and Leao did have a very, very long spell this season where I'm just like, sell him. Absolutely lovely. Oh, he's definitely by far the most talented player at Milan. He is the game changer at Milan. He's the X Factor at Milan. I just think that the most vital points came through Giroud this season. Okay, okay, fair enough. Let's move a bit to Juventus. Um, obviously, their season was quite disappointing, although... <clears throat> technically they were the second best team in Italy for a long time um, had it not been for the yeah. 10 point deduction they would be 2 points ahead of Milan at the moment and you could argue that the past 3 games shouldn't have counted because they were going through all this turmoil of the, the 10 points, the 15 points is going to be given, is it not going to be given them finding out 10 minutes before the Empoli game and then getting trashed 4-1 and then their team, their their fans booing them and then losing 1-0 to Milan had that not been the case it, I think Juve would have finished second yes, in of the course. Of course Genuinely. Of course. Now
0: look, um they were very unlucky because um of course they had many injuries in midfield and they had to play all these fringe players. Um Allegri's style is woeful and yeah. usually the like it's hard to watch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's boring. And fans can easily turn against us when when, when they go and get stuff because mm-hmm. it's because it's boring to watch, right? Absolutely. But usually they find comfort in the fact that they would be high up in the table, perhaps mm-hmm. first, second, you yeah. know, making it quite far in a, in a European competition.
1: They had that;
0: they were in top four. Mm-hmm. They should be in top four on the pitch. Yeah. The problem is they're not because of off the field issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that just leaves now uh, the fans are just looking at Allegri's boring style and Allegri's fucking how depressed they were watching you were. They're looking at the table, they're getting even more depressed. They're looking at their European performances, they're getting even more depressed. For sure. So it's it's just a disaster, you know. It, it was it was a
1: very very hard season for Juve fans. Man. My and heart- and honestly. It aches for you. My my heart goes out to the players, obviously the fans as well, because of this absolute fucking roller coaster that that they've been in this season. It's not fair on them. It's not fair on the players either, man. Who who played their hearts out for a lot of it. They a lot of them are unhappy with Allegri, but they remained professional for the majority of the season. They managed to get pivotal points. They went those nine games without conceding a single goal they did some great things man they went through that unbeaten run as well they got all the way up to second and and for what for what for them to be seventh in the league by the end of it for the fans to turn on them for the fans to booty maria on his last performance at home for juve for the fans to turn on allegri obviously because he's a terrorist of football what was all that effort for if i were one of the players i'd be so pissed off wasted a year Wasted a year Played Mm -hmm. out of position For a year And for what For what did they do all that To play in the Conference League Next year Enjoy (laughs) Alright That's what passion is wrong No because it 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 pisses me off Because at the end of the day It's rich people Fucking with the sport Mm. It's it's rich people Trying to get a coup It's rich people Trying to commit crimes And and at the end of the day They're they're putting Juve's history Is so much bigger Than fucking Agnelli And it's so much bigger than Paratici. And these are the guys that are just fucking it for everyone. Yes, they brought them all the success. But look at the turmoil that they put them through. Juve improved so much from last year. Last year, it went down to the wire to see if they'd get get Europe. And the year before, and the year before. Now, they played so much better... For the majority of the season They're about to finish second But all this bullshit Caught up with them And they're down in seven Mm -hmm. So for what man? For what? Look I I just think That it
0: was Very reckless To sign
1: Cristiano Ronaldo Now
0: Honestly 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 Like they they couldn't have known that the world was gonna end when they signed it, out, right? Like <laughs> exactly. COVID nineteen pandemic, mm-hmm. fucking Allah. Yeah. They can't make money from their own stadium, which they own, which uh, is a rare advantage to have in Italy. Literally. And suddenly it's pr- it's providing zero revenue, <laughs> and they've got this fucking guy that they're meant to be paying. <laughs> and like he's like and then they're like shit, 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 shit. <laughs> they're like we can't we can't pay anyone. They're like we're not making any money. What the fuck are we gonna do? They're like, Keline come, Joy 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 Okay.
1: <laughs> Listen, I need you to talk to the guys. <laughs> but isn't it? Isn't it? The basics of business to ensure that you have enough to pay people. Not for the next month yes. Not for the next two months But you have to ensure That, that your, the money that you have And the profits that you have Are sustainable Now sure obviously yeah. The profits of the stadium Was projected to the, make them exactly, enough Exactly the, yeah. that, That's the thing So right? it's hard to criticise them <laughs> Yes
0: and, and I think at the end, Signing Ronaldo Wasn't even It was less for Juve Than it was for Agnelli Because uh, I remember Agnelli Had said when, when they bought Ronaldo I remember Three years ago I said in three years' time, we'll be signing players like Cristiano Ronaldo.
1: Oh, wow! Well done, well done, Agnelli. And look what happened, bro. That—that's yeah. that, the ego. That—that's an that's, ego yeah. signing. That's yeah. a shirt sale signing. Yeah. Sure, maybe they—they they wanted to go all out for the Champions League, and there were two seasons where Ronaldo actually performed well in the Champions League for them. That famous hat trick, I believe, against Atletico mm-hmm. Madrid that he scored. Sure, man, y- y- you got your laughs out it's of just,
0: it. It's just—it's just wild that Agnelli will will buy Cristiano Ronaldo for his ego, but he won't do something about his monobrow for for his (laughs) ego. (laughs) Is the reception that Di Maria got fair? I mean, he was quite selfish this game now, and he's been a little bit selfish. His last game for the team at home. I know, but I mean, fans were super frustrated at the time, and they took it out on the guy who didn't get them the points this game, who who fucked up that opportunity by mm. attempting to strike the ball when there was a man completely open behind him, Costage, I believe. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, um, I mean, I don't think he deserved to be booed more than anyone else. Mm. But, you know, you understand that at that moment.
1: Yeah, I think when he wasn't injured, he was nothing but an asset. There was there was a time when mm. Chiesa wasn't playing, when Vlaovic wasn't on it, when Milik wasn't even in the team yet. Already Maria was absolutely everything for Juve. Mm. Quick to forget that. After, it's just after the second the second it
0: got weird of the pitch Di Maria stopped performing. That that's Absolutely. the reality of it. Absolutely it put him off. And and you can tell by his body
1: language that he's put off. Yeah.
0: Or he's old, one of them. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Or both. Agreed. I think there's a lot more we can cover in this game, both about Milan and both about Juve. But I guess we'll get into that in the obviously the entire season rundown that we'll do yeah, in the next yeah, episode. Yeah. So I think we're happy to move on now. As we said, Milan confirmed them fourth place. 67 points now, six clear of Atalanta. So there's nothing even God could do to get Atalanta into that space. Maybe Juve will be given the points back. Who the fuck knows what's gonna happen? But Juve are in seventh in the Conference League as it stands on 59 points, one behind Roma and two behind Atalanta. Speaking of
0: Atalanta, we have Inter 3, Atalanta 2. Inter secured their place in the next Champions League with a 3-2 victory over La Dea. Inter have done the league double over Atalanta for the first time since the 2014-2015 season. Just goes to show how good Atalanta have been. The fact that Inter couldn't get the double over yeah. like Atalanta is wild yeah. for that long. Atalanta have lost 66 matches against Inter in Serie A, with Fuck. only Juventus having defeated them more times in the competition. So, definitely a dark horse. Well, not a dark horse, because a dark horse is a team you don't expect to beat the yeah. other one. Yeah, yeah. So... White cow <laughs> Atalanta had failed To score in five Of their previous Eight away games Against Inter and in Serie A, The most away matches They had been goal- goalless Against any team In the competition service Goes to show Inter against Atalanta Bad 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 the, No Atalanta against Inter Sorry bad 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 The Nerazzurri Derby No Nerazzurri Derby Oh we're gonna leave you Black and blue <laughs> Now for this game Inter had Correa Mikitarian, Gagliardini And Skriniar Unavailable um, Skriniar Unavailable What? Right Atalanta had Zapata Bogga Hattabur Palomino Soppy, And Ruggeri All out Injured Inter lined up with a 3-5-2 formation with Onana in goal. Bastonia, Acerbi and D'Ambrosio at the back. Di Marco out on the left with Dumfries out on the right. And a midfield three of Chalhanoglu, Brozovic and Barella with Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez terrorizing the Atalanta defense all on their own up front pretty much. <laughs> and then you have Sportiello in goal for Atalanta in their 3-4-2-1 formation with Tulp. <laughs> Toloy, Dream City and Scalvini at the back. Joachim Mele out on the right and Costa on the left with Pasalic and Darun in the middle. Hoyland playing in front of Miners and Ederson. Now, um, in the first minute, a few seconds in, Inter took an early lead as Lukaku was played through by Lautaro Martinez. He rounded the goalkeeper and he just slotted it in. Just two minutes later, so in the third minute, Inter doubled their lead. With Barella scoring a volley after Sportiello parry, Marco's attempts um, after Lautaro Martinez played a crazy through pass. Yeah. A very a powerful through passes. Yeah. Uh, and I love and those balls.
1: Two um, uh, very good strikes from an awkward angle um, uh, by DeMarco, who yeah. g- got shots away brilliantly there. He's become such a direct left wing back man and, and terrorizing that left flank.
0: Yeah. In the ninth minute, Chalanoğlu had the ball in the net after gathering a deflected shot from Francesco Acerbi, but he was deemed offside and the goal was therefore ruled out. In the 36th minute, Atalanta managed to pull one back with Pasalic finding the net from close range, but in the 77th minute, Inter pretty much confirmed the victory when Lukaku set up Lautaro Martinez. For the winner But in the 91st minute, Atalanta had something to smile about As um, Luis Muriel, who's done virtually nothing all season Smashed his free kick into the wall um, And then just smacked the rebound Whacked off the crossbar into the back of Anana and into the back of the net. I'm sure Muriel would be fuming that have be, that was given as
1: an own goal. I find it ridiculous that that's given as an own goal. Bro. Well, like, technically, it, if Anana didn't get attached to it, it wouldn't have been a goal. You know what I mean? So I I do get it. It's just unfortunate because it was yeah. such a lovely strike, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Yes, mm. no Anana, no goal there. Exactly.
0: So yes, Inter will finish the season in Champions League spot and have the advantage of preparing for the Champions League final on the 10th of June, while Pep Guardiola and Manchester City have the FA Cup final against Manchester United to worry about. How big of a factor will this be?
1: It will be a big factor of course Um, When you look at City that are gunning for the treble at the moment They got the league confirmed And now they have not only an FA Cup final But an FA Cup final against a very hungry Manchester United Who I believe they won the Carabao Cup already this year Looking for a a double um, And they're fierce local rivals of of course So United will be hungry to spoil City's party City are going to go into that game very hungry for the victory but with the squad that that team has, man, they could pretty much go in with most of their second team players. Their second team will kill most teams in Serie A yeah, at the moment. Bro. Unfortunately, I mean, City are head and shoulders above anyone else at the moment.
0: They'll field their B team and they'll have 100 million euro men playing. Right? Exactly, it's, it's wild. Exactly. Um, Inter, bro, started this game so hungry. They're they're looking,
1: <laughs> they're so looking good. motivated. They're looking so good. Inter. Looking at the so moment, good, props yeah. props where it's due. They look fantastic, man. So exactly. direct. They're so swift to change from defence into attack. Their counter-attacks are fierce. But let me tell you what, a massive factor of this is Barella, man. That work he puts in in the, in the center and midfield area. The way he carries the ball forward from defence is, is ridiculous. He even got a goal to his name in this game. Fantastic game by Barella once again, showing how pivotal he is for this team.
0: Definitely, bro. Um, what's up with Atalanta, man? They, they played... <laughs> a high press against the centre-side and really bit them in the ass early on, dude.
1: Yeah, I think the decision-making when it comes to what approach Atalanta are to take this season has been a little bit off. They started in this very pragmatic approach that we mentioned quite a bit because it was such a massive change from how we're used to seeing Atalanta. Atalanta are the team that will put five against any team that are Mm -hmm. inferior to them. This year, they kind of tried to, understanding that they lost a lot of their key pieces, they tried to take a different approach and it worked out for them for a while, got a bit figured out, tried to change it up again. But you come up against a side like Inter who have all their shit together versus Atalanta who pretty much don't have their shit together and haven't had it together all season, then it's only going to go one way and Inter like to kill games early. And for them to be 2-0 up by the third minute was a massive kick in the ass for Atalanta.
0: Let's not forget that Atalanta were in the running for a Champions League spot, and um, still are.
1: Well, no, not anymore. Not but anymore. but they they were until this game.
0: Exactly. Um, so this was a big team and a big game for Inter. And as we mm. as we learned
1: this season, Inter do show up in big games. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. That's one thing we can't fault them for. Mm-hmm. I know early on in the season they were losing against. You know, they lost against Lazio. They lost against Roma. They had lost against Milan. So they, they did suffer against the top teams towards the beginning of the season, but we know the shift in momentum that they had, especially against the top teams. And, and yeah, this was courtesy of that.
0: Yes. Um Lukaku has been in impressive goal scoring form. What a turnaround for the Belgium Giant. He has scored
1: seven goals in his last six league appearances. Crazy. I wish him. I wish him the best with whatever he does next, man. He's it's no secret how highly we we think of Lukaku, obviously. We we gave him a bit of a bit of stick because I believe that uh, well with, with his form that he had for the majority of the season, especially after how hyped the move to Inter was, it was impossible not to point out what a disappointment mm-hmm. he was. And people were saying he was going to be the canoniere, that he was going to get more goals than Lautaro Martinez. There was a lot of hype surrounding him. He really managed to turn things around. It, it's even harder to start off shit and then improve things rather mm-hmm. than just have a good season all round. And he showed his mental strength. He showed his toughness and and respect to him, I hope whatever is is next for him, he'll have great success. yes, um, he has made it clear that he wants to stay at inter.
0: We'll see if Inter can actually accommodate that yeah, um Inter's win against Atalanta marked the anniversary of their first say uh title win on may 26, sixth nineteen 63 fun fact over there very fun fact thank you jake yeah no problem buddy so i'm just gonna run you through where they stand in the table as i buy time using this extended speech Um <laughs> inter are currently third with 69 points while atalanta are in fifth with 61 points Um they will have to fight to earn that europa league spot um, as a loss in their last game might mean that they will fall to the Conference League spot if Roma and Juve win.
1: Yeah, still an improvement from last year, where Fiorentina got Conference League ahead of them as they finished in eighth. The next game we're going to be covering is Fiorentina 2-Roma 1. The previous encounter was a 2-0 victory for Roma, so one apiece this year. As I mentioned earlier, it was the Conference League finalists against the Europa League finalists. Now Roma fumbled an early lead and conceded two late goals courtesy of Luka Jovic and Jonathan Ikoné, ruling Roma out for the race of top four, giving Fiorentina a morale-boosting victory. The Viola were beaten 2-1 by Inter on Wednesday in the Coppa Italia final and are now preparing for a conference league final against West Ham on June 7th while the Giallorossi play Sevilla and the Europa League decider on May 31st. So naturally these both have a very tight schedule, particularly Fiorentina who just lost out to Inter in the Coppa Italia. It was um, Paolo Bala, Lorenzo Pellegrini Nemanja Matic Ronaldo Spinazzola and Rui Patrícia that were left behind with the season already over for Marash Kumballa and Rick Karsdorp Kumballa my Kumballa, lord Kumballa my lord Kumballa obviously For Fiorentina it was a 4-2-3-1 formation with Cherofolini in goal and the back line of Biragi Igor Martinez and Venuti they had Mandragor and Duncan in the double pivot with Saponara on the left Ikone on the right and Barak playing behind Lukajovic for Roma, it was a very experimental 4 1 4 1 formation with Zvilar in goal on the back line of Missouri, Smalling, Lorente, and Zalewski. Tahirovic in that defensive midfield role with Sol Bakken on the right, al Sharawi on the left, Bove and Wijnaldum playing behind Bellotti. I don't remember Missouri, what did she used to teach? <laughs> Geography. <laughs> In the 11th minute, El Sharawi opened the scoring as Solbakin headed Bellotti's cross to El Sharawi, who finished into an empty net 1 0 to Roma early on. You know that typically means good news for Roma. Uh, in the 25th minute, Solbakin's rebound from Ayanaldum's strike was cleared off the line by Martinez Quarta, keeping Fiorentina in the game. Late in the first half, Charafolini denied both El Sharawi and Bellotti with two solid saves, once again keeping La Viola in the game. In the 54th minute, Jovic had the opportunity to equalise after we saw a shift in momentum. It was Iconi who put it on a plate for him, but he lost his footing and failed to make any significant connection with the ball. In the 85th, Jovic redeemed himself after Kwame's cross from the right was knocked down by a towering Mandragora header, finding Jovic to tap in from close range, making it 1-1 late on in the 85th minute. Two minutes later, in the 87th, it was Iconi that got the winner for Fiorentina. Terzic's cross from the left found Kwame's header down and the corner finished it from point blank range. Three very similar goals over here. Classic cross to the far post, header down, and the big man gets the ball into the back of the net. Now. Typically, this season, we're used to seeing Roma playing that three in the back formation. I know that they've been going through um, a lot of squad rotation, a lot of injuries, a lot of competitions. um, But Mourinho's decision to opt for a four at the back formation was obviously and naturally quite risky. And this was always going to be a factor, especially them being such a defensive side. They didn't manage to show their defensive strength over here. Do you think it was the right decision by Mourinho to try something like that so late on in the season? So... Mourinho almost got away with murder again,
0: like, you know, an yeah. early goal and then just holding out the the lead um, or trying to hold on to the, that slender lead and going all the way. But at the end, they just fucking caught them off guard. They managed to get an equalizer. Um, Roma were frustrated. They're like, oh, no, we've just let it slip. And then bang, they hit them again, dude. Yeah. And Fiorentina play a lovely brand of football. And I don't know. I don't really see... A problem with how Mourinho has been setting up. I mean, he he's often fielded these guys. You know, um, now uh, it's a team, it's a squad. Like mm-hmm. we've seen Tahirovic, we've seen back. and we've seen Bove. We've seen them all season. Missouri's is the only one. Like I'm wondering. Llorente, we haven't seen much of
1: the season. And he was, but he, when he played, he was okay. Yeah, you know? no, he played. He played decently. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. it was more the the system that kind of. Let them down in one way Rather than let them down I just think Fiorentina did a great job Towards the end of the game To go so direct against this back four The way they were knocking the balls into the middle Knowing that there weren't those three giants in the box Just heading heading the balls away Obviously we know Mantrini, Smalling And the Banjas are very good in the air mm-hmm. And this time they had just Lorenta and Smalling So they really tried mm-hmm. to capitalise over there yeah.
0: Um Mourinho has been talking about moving away From the three at the back formation Has he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he... He likes playing with four at the back, but he believes it requires more quality to mm, play with four okay. at the back, which is true. Yeah, it is true.
1: It, it is true. I think the three at the back suits Roma right now, it, but it maybe long term, it it he's looking to change things up. You, maybe he sees more success with the four at the back. You look at year. how
0: thin the squad has become with injury and form issues, a three at the back formation would probably suffice.
1: Yeah, no, I I think I think it could. Um Obviously, I'm I'm not criticizing Mourinho for, for starting with four at the back. We know he put all of his chips in the Europa League table. We know that long term, that might not be that sustainable. They are playing Sevilla in the final. He was fuming um, yeah, when he found out that Juve were ducked points and they had a chance the entire yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I you imagine. Like, he, he's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can't say that Mourinho wasn't right about that. He, he was intelligent to, to say, all right, ditch this, go for this, because yeah. we're not going to make this. Why are we going to keep training our asses of getting more injuries, getting more fatigued players on, on the chance that we'll miss out of both of them. He put his trips in one basket. At the end of the day, it's what a manager has to decide. Yeah. One positive that Roma fans can take away from this result is that once again, El Sharawi found himself on the score sheet. How good has he been in the past few games for Roma, bro? Look,
0: he's been productive. Um,
1: good, I'm not sure.
0: Good, because I, I don't really watch El Sharawi and think like, wow, this guy is really making the difference. I think he he's a cog in Mourinho's system and his productivity isn't bad. But for example, I've seen links with him returning to Milan on a, on a boss man, on a free transfer. Mm. And that is something that I think would not improve Milan greatly at all. El I think it would be a Messias level. I think Messias could be doing what El Charou is doing at Roma, for example. I think
1: I disagree a little bit, man. I yeah. think I think he has a bit more quality about him, El Sharawi. He has way more experience in the league as well. Um And, and I think he's, he's shown his quality in the past few games. He's very versatile. He's been playing as a left wing back. He's been playing as a left winger. We see him cutting in a lot and finding himself in front of the goalkeeper in dangerous areas. I think as a squad player, he's an asset to anyone, to be Mm -hmm. fair, especially if Milan, for example, are are getting rid of of Rebic, Mm -hmm. then he's a good guy to get in on a free. Perhaps, it it just depends on who else there is, because
0: what we've learned, bro, from supporting Milan is that you might have Leao, for example, Mm -hmm. but... These guys get hurt, bro. Yeah, these guys so. play all the time, you know, yeah. the, and and they will get hurt. So your reserves are people that, at the end of the day, if you are facing someone in a Champions League semi final, you're gonna have to rely on them because mm. coming into the season, I thought Ah Milan have great squad depth. They've got Pobega they've got Rebic, they've got Origi. But once Ben Nasser got injured, Leao got injured, Giroud's unavailable, and you're lining up with these guys, <laughs> you yeah. come to realize they're they're not good enough. Like like. Yeah. The, it's one thing if they're young, like Pobega, you, you know, he's he's young. Mm. You, you give him time, whatever. But at at this point, like Rebic and and Origi, like the, they're dead weight. And, and you look at El as well. I wouldn't want to be going into into a big game with El sharawi as my winger personally, in in any situation.
1: Yes, I know. As a second, as a second choice, I, again, I think having a, a versatile backup choice is is ideal like we saw Mourinho managed to utilise him very well this Mm -hmm. year it's Mm -hmm. like I think it's a fact that that he was utilised well this year he had a good season and he did his job be it uh, when Mm -hmm. Spinazzola was injured he stepped in as a left wing back be it him him stepping in as a left wing when they were playing with one striker I think, to be honest, that a good job. Would it be my first choice for Milan? No. But if the choice is him or Rebic, I know who I'm choosing. Yeah. With all due respect to Rebic, who's given us many good moments. But yeah. I, I don't think it'd be a bad shout for Milan El-Sharawi.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Toyota, Roma's new sponsors. They they have a, a, a fantastic, a, a really, really beautiful full tracksuit that I really want to get my hands on. What up, Toyota? Um, what up, Toyota? Sponsor us. Um, but these teams both find themselves in European Cup finals, Fiorentina obviously in the, Europe, in the sorry, in the conference league playing West Ham, Roma in the Europa League playing against Sevilla. Do you predict any success for either of these teams? Mourinho has never lost a final, he's played in five finals
0: and won them all. Sevilla owned the Europa League, what a game that's going to be. It's going to be beautiful, man. Um, for the conference league, um, okay, so for, um, I'm backing Roma to the yeah. Europa League. Okay. Conference league... I, I think Fiorentina beat West Ham. I think West Ham might just edge it. Who gets the
1: the goal? Is the it goal. Our guy. Our guy. Is it, who, who's our guy? Oh, yeah, former Milan. Uh, sorry, future Milan number nine. Wait for future Milan number
0: nine. West Ham. Yes. Scamacca. He's, yes. he's injured. Oh, he's injured for, he's, for the game. Start, Jonathanito, bro. Come uh. on. <laughs> Fucking um, no! Uh, then they're uh, done bro <laughs> they're done. <laughs> They've got that guy No Antonio Yeah, I heard the yeah, yeah. cut's hair really well <laughs> <laughs>
1: Antonio's barber shop In Malta In case in, I don't know You guys took it a certain way Or some shit Yeah
0: No um, I don't know I, I really hope that Fiorentina Get it done And I think they will be fired up Because that loss against Inter in the Coppa Italia final Which we forgot to mention I mentioned it though Oh you and, did Nice course. you're the man <laughs> um, <laughs> language fit. <fair>. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so the the loss will have pumped them up. They don't want that to happen again. No West Ham, on the other hand, had a terrible domestic season, so they're
1: going to want to do all they can to get their hands yeah. on a trophy.
0: Yeah, we'll see.
1: yeah, But before I get into exactly where they are in the table, Great season for Fiorentina. I know they started very, very slowly in the league. It was very disappointing. Who would but... have thought, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. They made two finals. They could have gotten the double, man. They could still get one trophy. Italiano, Fiorentina. What a brand of football they play. I'll be rooting for them for as long as that guy is I there. I need to get my hands on that kit. I'm rabat.
0: You know, man, I just... I Might go for Saponara
1: <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I've already got the
0: Saponara kit. I can't do two.
1: Um, I who quite would like. I, have... I quite like Mandragora, for example, bro. I really, really. Yeah, like I like Mandragora, Mandragora. a
0: lot. Um, Biragi. Honestly, I don't even know what go for. Barak,
1: man, maybe. Barak's a cool one. Even Bonaventura, actually, a yeah, Bonaventura Fiorentina kit would be cool. Or Arthur Cabral. Igor is quite cool. Igor number ninety-eight. But anyway, I'm going to stop reading the entire squad list Um, Roma are in 6th on 60 points While Fiorentina are in 9th on 53 Level on points with Torino Who are in 8th on 53 Just so you guys know This race for 8th is a potential potential European spot Because if Juve get 7th And they are, or they get sixth or they get fifth, and they are excluded from Europe next year. That might open a slot in eighth place. So, this eighth place is a little bit of a Hail Mary at the moment. So, these teams are suddenly really, really pushing. There's Monza with 52 points, Bologna with 51 points. This is juicier than you think, guys. Yes, it is. Like the pomegranate.
0: Lazio, three. Cremonese, two for Lazio to confirm second place Lazio have won both of their seasonal meetings against Cremonese and Serie marking the second time they have achieved this feat after the 1929-1930 season. I love these statistics <laughs> that involve these obscure teams that are never in Serie As you go all the way back to the 30s, my nun right now will be like, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who was it? Who was it? The- but my memory is so shit. <laughs> I hate my memory. I hate my memory. Shout out Nannu Joe! Your mind isn't going backwards It was the 20s my friend Relax take it easy You don't remember Because it was a long time ago It's (laughs) (laughs) normal Now In Serie A
0: Lazio have a very strong record Against Cremonese Winning 6 out of 7 Of their home matches And scoring a total of 19 goals an average of 2.7 goals per match um, they have an um, an impressive unbeaten streak of 36 home games against newly promoted teams in Serie A. Lazio, Lazio have always destroyed these minnow sides. Yeah, they they always blow them off the water and they struggle against the bigger sides. Yeah, opposite to like Milan, for example, who and Inter, who tend yeah. to struggle and drop points against the lower sides and then beat the bigger exactly sides. exactly injuries and suspensions. Dan Lazio's Cataldi was sidelined. Uh, Marisic um, underwent surgery for a sports hernia. If you add the word sports, apparently,
1: yeah, <laughs> it oh, makes sports it hernia. Weird. Yeah,
0: all right, you have a hernia, <laughs> Lala, but you have a sports hernia. Okay, Cramonese had Deser's, Kirikes, and Benassi out on the treatment table.
1: Too. We forgot to mention a massive, massive congratulations. To Lautaro Martinez Uh, Who just got married Today guys (laughs) He just got married Congratulations bro What a year it's been for him What did the commentator say again (laughs) (laughs) Lautaro Martinez He's getting married on Monday (laughs) So so funny bro But the honeymoon starts today (laughs) (laughs) But honestly bro World Cup winner Even though he didn't have the best performances in the World Cup Fuck you World Cup winner Champions League finalist Champions League finalist Finalist And gets top 4 This year in um, Serie A And won the Coppa Italia Lautaro yeah. Martinez, my friend. Congratulations.
0: Oh, yeah. And he's been playing very
1: well, man. He has. Very, been. Very, very well. And he has. He, a been. new kind of
0: um, element to his game as well, the way he's dropping yeah. deep with Lukaku back then. Exactly. Now, for Lazio, it was a 4 3 3 formation. Classic Maurizio Sarri. Provedel was in goal with Hisai on the left and Lazari on the right. Um, it's literally a spectrum with Hisai scoring the goal. <laughs> going all the way to Lazari who scored an on goal. Now. <laughs> Romagnoli and Chassale were the centre-back partnership um, Luis Alberto Vecino and Milikovic were in the middle With Zaccagni out on the left, Pedro on the right and Ciro Immobile up front For Cremonese it was Sar in goal Sir Nicola on the right with Valeri on the left in their 5-3-2 formation The three centre-backs being Ferrari, Bianchetti and Lachosvili Fuck your name <laughs> pickle Meite and Galdamez were in the middle With Tsaju and Chofani up front Lazio took the lead with El Said Khisai scoring from a tight angle. The goal was a result of a quick combination play involving Luis Alberto, Chira, Mobile, and El Said Khisai, with Khisai finishing confidently. Um, this early goal allowed Lazio to settle into the match and to control the game. In the 37th minute, Sergei Milenkovic Savic doubled Lazio's lead with a flick on from Pedro's cross, a very smooth goal, and potentially Sergei Milenkovic Savic's last home game. For Lazio ever um, In the 54th minute This is when Lazio began to chill And Cremonese switched up gear Galdamez pulled one back for Cremonese With a powerful right-footed strike From outside the area And then in the 57th minute There was a comical own goal By Lazio's Lazzari Bringing Cremonese level Across in. Lazari literally got a touch on it And ended up in the back of the net
1: like Slow it. motion Slow motion
0: Back of the net own goal Lazio Panic! They were like, "We have to score now! We have to score! We have to score! We have to score!" Have to score. Pushing, 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 pushing. Wasteful, 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 wasteful. 89th minute, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic scored the second goal of the game, securing a late victory for Lazio. It was a header this time, and you know there aren't many pe- better people to cross to than to Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. That's not actually the last important thing that happened, as in the ninety-fifth minute, Lazio gave away a free kick. Um sorry, flipped out. God knows what he said. That guy, that guy, that guy can say something. Right? And he has said some yeah, things, man. Bro, that guy. Bro, honestly, Google Maurizio
1: Sarri controversial statement. My Google, God. Google that. I'm just. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna Google one right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here. Sarri controversial statement. I'm gonna read the first one that comes up. 2016. Napoli manager Maurizio Sarri calls Inter Milan manager. Whoa. WoW. <laughs> You can't say that. He he, he called Mancini something related to his sexuality. Let's let's just put it that way. That's back in
0: 2016. Yes, and then he made statements later on saying, "I am not sexist, homophobic, or racist." Like, the fact that you have to say you're not all three of those things. <laughs> I'm just saying here. No, no accusations being made? Just nothing, saying. nothing. No accusations. Anyway. Bro, man. Um, Lazio's pre-match celebrations included a parade of the 2013 Coppa Italia winning team and a tribute to Stefano Radu, who was retiring after 15 years at the club. So, um, Radu... They were really sad scenes, bro. And Radu is actually a... A legend for Lazio. You know he's played mm. over 500 games over the last year. he played over 500 games? Over 400,
1: games. 400 games, sorry. Um, How many games does Rado have for, for Lazio? He's got
0: 427 four. games for Lazio, Jesus. including five well, goals. And he he's, was on
1: loan with them for 11 matches, so that's
0: 438. Yeah, dude, he's been there since 2008. Eight, dude. My He's God. been there since 2008, Radu. So it's very emotional. He was very, very good. He brought a new dynamic when he joined and um, has still been deployable in recent years. I mean,
1: growing up, I watched lots of others, Radu. Yeah, you know, and they only signed him for one million for a Dynamo and um, But then
0: the permanent fee was three point five million, and they signed mm. him for one million on loan, and mm. then an additional three point five, so four point five million. Back then it was a little bit more, but you know, very, very worth. It. Yeah, you uh, got absolutely. yourself a legend. Absolutely. Shout yeah. out to Radu. So you can see his teammates throwing him up in the air at the
1: end of the game. Nice, nice scenes and happy to see him um, leaving on a high. Yeah, the, the best season Lazio have had in a very long time since 2013 when they won the Coppa Italia. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see that that was Radu's last season. He gets to leave on a bit of a high. Mm-hmm. Do you think they got
0: complacent Lazio and that's why Kraman is uh, for the back? into this game I mean absolutely
1: them. we know that Cremonese are never down and out in a game because every goal means the world to them their next objective is just to get a goal in the game mm-hmm. uh, especially against a big team like Lazio that that you know it was pretty much confirmed that they were getting Champions League already um, so a bit of complacency from Lazio As Cremoneza continue, continue, continue Perhaps they weren't expecting that level of pressure And then, obviously, after one goal is conceded It put a bunch of pressure on Lazio Which led to a comical own goal by Lazzari So that, that's the
0: way it went down Yeah, and then thankfully they managed to get one at the end To make Radu sending off even more special for yeah. him um, Lazio have actually secured second place Meaning... That they will be playing in the Supercoppa Italiana The Supercoppa mm. Italiana is being played God, uh, somewhere in the Middle East Okay Okay, basically somewhere in the Middle East And it's between four teams, basically I think it's the- Ah, yeah, because they introduced that new
1: structure yeah. Rather than it being just the, the winner of the Coppa Against the winner of the league they, it's, they first second, it's first They introduced that preliminary game
0: Exactly yeah, Of the Coppa and of the league Um, Precisely, so they will be travelling to the Middle East to play Um, Napoli will also be going, Um, Inter and Fiorentina will also be there, Mm -hmm. I believe
1: Um, The games are being played in Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia becoming quite a spectacle for football Um, Obviously signing Cristiano Ronaldo, doing quite well in the World Cup After they beat Argentina in the group stages and then got knocked out And Karim Benzema might be on the way there, by the way. He's he's being linked to the move to Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, becoming quite a stage for football. And they have got magnificent stadiums over there.
0: Yeah, um, really pleased to see Cremonez's um, valiant effort in trying to get something out of this game instead of giving up when all hope is gone for them anyway. Yeah, And they're basically out and they have nothing to fight for. Um, Lazio, it's worrying to see a lapse in concentration, but perhaps you know it's it's forgivable looking at the situation over here. And um they actually managed to pull it back. They they managed to to actually turn their fortune around in this game. Now, Lazio are in second with 71 points. Um excuse me if I've previously said that they've confirmed second spot. Um, it's still up for grabs, of course, as Inter have 69 points actually, so they can they can nick that from them. Um, Cremonese on the other hand have no hope of achieving anything at all, they are in 19th spot with 24 points
1: The next game we're going to be covering is Bologna 2-Napoli 2, the previous encounter was a 3-2 victory for Napoli The Partonope were still hoping to beat Maurizio Sarri's club record of 91 points But Elmas was suspended with Politano, Lozano and Rui out injured the hosts wanted 8th place for the European potential, with Orsolini sitting out a ban, Roberto Soriano, and Sao Mauro on the treatment table. Bologna lined up in their 4 2 3 1 formation, with Skorupski in goal and the back line of Cambiaso, Lukumi, Bonifazi, and Posh, double pivot of Dominguez and Schouten in the middle, with Barrow on the left, Abishar on the right, and Ferguson playing behind Arnautovic. For Napoli, it was their classic 4 3 3 formation. Uh, as Gollini started in goal with a backline of Berezinski, Rahmani, Minje, and Oliveira, and Gwissalo Botkan Zielinski were in the middle with Zerbin, Osimen, and Gvaratskelia playing up front. In the 14th minute, Osimen opened the scoring. The ball was put on a plate for the Nigerian, as Skorupski passed the ball directly to the Nigerian, who finished easily. It genuinely looked like a match fixing scandal. That, that looks blatantly. like match fixing, alright there, bro. That's true, I was about to say. It's it's honestly one one of the worst blunders I've seen and it's yeah. uncharacteristic of of Skorupski which makes it all the more concerning because he's so, he's so good with the ball at his feet typically. Um mm. that that's very out of character for him. Yeah. Moments later the Polish shot stopper denied Osimhen with a spectacular one-handed save from a volley and later on in the game where he got down well to deny the Nigerian from a point blank header. So maybe he did make up for it. Yeah, yeah. but maybe letting in a goal like that, you know, there's nothing you can do to make (laughs) up for it. In the 54th minute, Osimen got his second of the game and Napoli's second, it was Berezinski's through ball that found him and he finished expertly through the legs of Skorupski. In the 62nd minute, Ferguson pulled one back. The Scotsman finished into an empty net after Gollini denied Sansone with a great save. And in the 84th minute, substitute De Silvestri rose highest to capitalize from a well, very well-delivered corner by Sansone. Bologna becoming very, very dangerous from these corners, from these set pieces as well. They have Sansone, they have Orsolini, they've got Soriano as well. They've got a bunch of guys that can whoop it in. And whoop it in, they did, in De Silvestri. I, I knew he barely this, got a sniff this season Literally, literally And and he's very he's he's aged into a centre-back and a three-at-the-back formation There's no way he'll bomb down the right The way he used to back in the day Um, But still pulling the strings over here And getting Bologna a, a good point Sansone had the ball in the net During stoppage time But Berezinski had stopped the run To catch him in an offside position Very good defending there mm. By the vice of Di Lorenzo Great reaction by Bologna. Napoli could have killed the game off earlier, and they had many an opportunity to do so. Um, but Bologna stayed in the game. A couple of good saves by by um, uh, Skorupski after that blunder, and they they stayed there. And they're always dangerous to play against Bologna, no matter what minute it is. Great reaction from them.
0: Yeah, um, totally. They they played a very good game, bro, um, against the. The reigning champions who <laughs> must be playing constantly hungover Now nowadays. Yeah, like Gvaratskaya yeah, yeah. hasn't been like since Milan played against Napoli in the quarterfinals. I don't think Gvara has had a goal or an assist. Literally,
1: literally, literally.
0: He's really dipped. Um,
1: um, still playing. Osimen
0: still playing. Well, um, I wanted to also say, bro, because De Silvestri has a special place in my heart. I love him in his in his days nowadays. Mm. Um, very happy for him. He's a great man and a great. He is a great. He's man. a great. Figure in the locker room. Everyone says um, great leader, um, humanitarian. Apparently, as well does a lot off the pitch. Um, and you can see how much that goal meant to them, like in the celebration. And and that's so. It's so pure, you know, it's what we love about football. These emotions that you see, like, coming out of people, out of nowhere. Like, who would have thought? This guy probably thought the season was terrible. I didn't play. I didn't even do anything. And then,
1: boom, match day 37, he scores a goal against the, the league winners. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and yeah, with, with the crowd all there mm-hmm. um, at home to celebrate his goal, to, to celebrate our goal, quite late on as well in the 84th minute it's a special moment for him and really happy to see that I, I love it when good things happen to good people man yeah uh, we mentioned that Victor Osimhen is still playing um, obviously he he's in a strong position for the Coppa Cannare title um, <laughs> and aside from that according to Gazzetta dello Sport the Nigerian will earn an additional 260k euros if he scores 30 goals for the Partenope in the 2022-2023 season. Um, he is currently on. How many goals is Osiman currently on? 20-something. Um, 20- I'm going to find out right now. Don't you worry. Don't fret. Um, he's currently on 25. So he does need to score five goals <laughs> in the in the last match of the season. So boohoo, he's not getting an additional 260. He'll score four and De Laurentiis will make a phone call to have him subbed <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Exactly. Literally. <laughs> literally. Um, Napoli were aiming to beat Maurizio Sarri's club record of 91 points. Obviously, Sarri got that with Juve when they when they won the league, um, but they fell short. Um, though their 87 points under manager Luciano Spalletti equaled Spalletti's personal best achieved with Roma in 2017 when they came second to Sarri's Juventus, who got ninety-one. Yeah. So a a lot of we tend to forget these little personal battles that the managers would have that want to outdo these records that yeah. aren't typically spoken about by pundits because all the focus is on the 22 players on the pitch. But there are these interesting little side battles that we of see. Course. Um, I think Spalletti will still be happy with 87 points, although I think this Napoli side, had they taken the end a little bit more seriously, they could have been um, the team that won this area by the... With the largest points possible, but they didn't manage to yeah. do that this year.
0: Yeah, um, we, I, I thought they would. It's the
1: same, same. I mean, yeah. you the look really how how, going. how dominant they were for the first fucking what th- thirty three games of the season. Yeah. Um, and then obviously they won the league and they got a bit laxy maybe if the the competition was a bit higher, they would have gotten it. Funnily enough. The gap. The, maybe they would have gotten ninety-one points if there was still uh, everything to play for. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Maybe yeah. if, if if Milan were stronger, or Inter were stronger, or Roma were stronger, Juve didn't get the points that keep that keep trying. Yeah. Um. Bologna's race for eighth place is looking pretty difficult now after Torino and Fiorentina both secured victories. Uh, as I mentioned, eighth place may be quite pivotal in case Juve get excluded from European football. I wonder if they would have been aware of that since Juve got docked to those 15 points back in the day, back in, I think it was like January or, or February, mm-hmm. um, where these teams would have known that that eight spot could potentially get them something. Do you think they were aware? And do you think that's really sure. be gunning for I that mean- eight spot? I mean, these guys know how Italy is mm. more
0: than we know how, how Italy is now when it comes to this shit. Mm. Um, the fact that bureaucracy is so bad and they're so reckless with these penalizations in the middle of the season and just revoking and then giving them again. Mm. I'm sure people have been aware that eighth spot is very important. The fact you see Torino... Fiorentina
1: and Monza and Bologna really pushing for it. Yeah, then you see teams like Udinese who, who took their foot off the gas so hard, man, after that yeah. spectacular. They ran start out of, of the fuel
0: immediately like it's crazy.
1: Literally. Um, not much to add about this game. Obviously, we have Napoli that already the, the league winner, so props to them. Bologna fighting for that eighth, sp- eighth place, even though it, it's not looking very likely for them. With Torino, Fiorentina, and Monza all ahead of them. Okay, by, by one point and two points for Torino and Fiorentina. uh, But Napoli win the league on 87 points. Bologna on 11th on 51 points. Verona won
0: Empoli one. Is the next game we are going to be discussing? Um, Stojanovic managed to shaft (laughs) Verona at the death. Okay, he had no business scoring. It really didn't matter for Empoli. Didn't matter for him. But he took it upon himself to to fuck these guys yeah. and to stop them from, from achieving safety against his club because yeah. he was having it at the end, man, shot after shot and just pressing and driving. He really wanted mm. to to end their their joy basically. Yeah. Um Verona and Empoli have accumulated the same number of points in Serie A in 2023, with each team earning 25 points from 21 matches, with six wins, seven draws and eight losses. However, Empoli have actually scored seven more goals than Verona during this period, finding the net 24 times compared to Verona's 17 times. Oh, that's actually
1: super interesting. I had no idea they got the same amount of points in 2023.
0: Hey, um, it's all about that, hellas Verona. Great start to 2023 yeah. where they climbed those bottom positions a bit. Yeah.
1: And then police super slow start. Yeah, with Lazovic's form mm-hmm. and Gonz coming in. Exactly.
0: Verdi. Yeah. Who didn't even feature this game. Weird. Why weird. why? Why don't Very you play weird. him? He must have been fucking Livid. Hard on the benches, <laughs> waiting to go on. Full of
1: testosterone. Yeah,
0: Hellas Verona and Empoli have a closely contested head to head record and say out of the 11 previous meetings, each team has won four matches and three matches ended in draws. The two most recent encounter- encounters both ended 1 1. Now, for injuries and suspensions, there's a myriad. For Verona, their injury list stretches from the likes of Lazovic, Lasagna, Doig to the likes of Tomas Henry, Davidovic and Andre Duda. Um, they also had Bandinelli and Parisi out injured, while Empoli had Marin de Winter um, injured and um, Caputo was absent due to flu symptoms. Flu symptoms? Classic,
1: man. Classic. There's always one. Every week that has these flu symptoms Flu man. symptoms? He has a runny nose like You have the flu the Don't, don't flu symptoms <laughs> <laughs> Well to be fair bro he, Like These are all hangovers These are after all hangovers that, After that 4-1 yeah, victory you, right? against you And Caputo was the first You're one probably drunk, He probably didn't play <laughs> Because he might get drug tested Bro <laughs> He was doing cocaine but I, <laughs> I'm gonna take that back People think I'm accusing him of taking cocaine, <laughs> but he would have partied his guts yeah, out, yeah, definitely,
0: man. Yeah, just, rightly so, rightly it's just so. This is part of the banter that comes along with this podcast. Exactly. Guys, right?
1: Love Caputo.
0: Love him. Chico Caputo. Verona. 3-5-2 formation, Montepo on goal, Cabal, Hien and Magnani at the back. De Paoli was the left wing back, Terraciano was the right wing back. Tamese, Veloso and Sulemana from La Island Malta were in the middle. <laughs> I was about to say. In and Djuric were up front. Vicario was in goal for Empoli. Abuehi on the right, Kakace on the left. The Luperto and Ismaili were the centre-back partnership. The OGs will remember Kakace and... Um, how much we struggled To figure out How his name's pronounced Liberatore C- C-A-C-A-C-E C-
1: A- C- A- C- e. Is it C-A-C-A-C-E Is it C-A-C-A-C-E it like <laughs> yeah. S- 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 S-
0: It's C-A-C-A-C-E Yeah It's C-A-C-A-C-E Apparently um, We used to call him Libby
1: for... Yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Akpa Akpro Was the right winger Kambiagi was the left winger And Fazzini Was playing behind The selfish piccoli. It <laughs> it. You were gonna say formidable, weren't you? No, I was gonna say selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he's selfish dude. Now in the first half basically there were just a bunch of <laughs> Missed opportunities, there was Ngonj, who, fa- who missed a chance after Luperto made a mistake um, Ngonj had another attempt on Vicario, Montepo um, denied Kaká. and Cabal Ngonj missed another header, um, boy he had a free header It was My God. a bad miss, he headed yeah. it down to the ground Unlike him towards goal. Yes. And then in the second half, um, they decided to bring on Gaich. Former Benevento man, Bayern Munich Youth Product, and he scored in the 60-second minute after rebounding. Um Vicario save on Ingonj's powerful long-range shot. Um Gaich was fueled with adrenaline, took off his top, everyone ran onto the pitch. It's a 60-second minute. Like <laughs> um Actually. relax, yes, there's still a lot to play for. And I think that's what fueled Stojanovic with this mm. vengeance. Um they were defending well, Verona, to be honest They were defending very well But then in Empoli's late pressure was just too much for them Ninety-sixth minute equaliser by Stoyanov Which shoots it um, Quite powerful, but mostly well-placed It took a slight deflection of Magnani And it ended up in the back of the net
1: It's listed as an own goal As a Magnani yeah, own goal Yeah, um,
0: For me, that's not really an own goal Yeah, then goal. Uh-huh, I would agree with you there Yeah
1: um, Verona bro They missed a great opportunity To secure safety I mean yes bro But, but isn't it the, the classic tale of Verona Who really struggled to, to get three points In any game that they play I mean they They did Pretty much with what they have available and with their lack of quality this year, they literally did the best that they could. They got that goal. They defended to the best of their abilities. Then it took a slight deflection to get Empoli back in the game in the 95th minute. Very, very unfortunate for Verona. But but that's football, man. That's football. And I really don't think Verona have been good enough this year. They could still survive. You never know in football. But wow, this season is um, should be, if they survive, a massive, massive wake-up call for Verona.
0: Honestly, though, there there isn't a better team to play than Empoli right now. This match, the J 37 they, In two weeks, they confirmed survival. And then they beat Juve 5-1. 4-1. Now... These guys, not to mention, okay, so they had those two feeds, they must have partied like crazy, right? They must have celebrated, you know, and um, had days off, you know, they're they're awarded, they're rewarded with days off. Um, They also had their key players out, man. Look at this, they had Bandinelli and Parisi unavailable. They had Baldanzi out. Martin and the Winter out Caputo out Like you have to beat these yeah. guys You have to You have to get the win here If you want to play in Serie A And I'm sorry They don't deserve it And probably Spezia Who are
1: woeful Deserve yeah. it more to be in yeah, Serie A Yeah pro- probably man Probably uh, Verona have been abysmal This yeah. year All season because, All season Because Spezia have done it Against all odds Transfer
0: ban Relegation favourites For three seasons And around they, they survive every year One Two Three Three. Can they do the fourth? Verona are definitely making it to, to be easier honest, for them. To be honest, I hope I hope that
1: Spezia stay up because Verona are very infuriating. Not not the not the individuals on the pitch because there's only so much the individuals could do um, with the replacement in manager, with them losing their key personnel, losing Illich halfway through the season, losing losing players like Caprari and then Simeone and you know and then there's the classic mm. list that we. We always forget a player or two because there are so fucking many. Yeah. But but honestly, the the businessmen that are behind Verona deserve this financial burden of them getting relegated. Definitely, bro. Um, the final round, of course, we have Verona
0: against Milan, Spezia against Roma. Who do you think? Who do you think goes down, bro? Yeah, there's one one match there to go. Who do you think goes down?
1: It depends if it if it goes to that that two-legged that two-legged playoff, man. If mm. it goes to that two-legged playoff, it's fifty-fifty. It's as simple mm. as that. And that two-legged playoff, it could be Verona get it done. I don't think Verona get it done. I think I think Spezia are simply—they're <sighs> both so rubbish, man. They're both really are bad. Like because when Spezia have enough, they—I think if it's—I think if it goes down to if they finish equal on points, Verona get it done over Spezia. Probably. I mean they have more quality. I, I think so. Yeah. And that's tight. Really t- don't get me wrong, yeah. but I think if it goes down to this two legged match, Verona get it done. It totally depends on what Nzola does again. Exactly. I think if, if a team in the final match they are capable of getting one point between Spezia against Roma away and Verona against Milan away, then Spezia are more likely to get points against yeah. Roma. Probably. Who are focusing on the, the final coming up. That's that's a good point.
0: Empoli are in 14th with 43 points While Verona are in 18th with 31 points Level on points with Spezia in 17th Crazy, crazy, crazy,
1: crazy. Yeah. And speaking about Spezia They just lost 4-0 at <laughs> home against Torino The previous encounter, however, was an away victory against Torino With the score of 1-0 as Jake has correctly pointed out, Spezia level on points with Verona um, ahead on a direct encounter, but obviously this in system means that if they do end up both getting a loss or both getting a point or both getting a victory, and they have the same points, it will go down to this two-legged playoff. The hosts were a point above Verona in the drop zone and had Amian back from suspension, but Mattia Caldara joined Emil home. João Mutinho and Jacopo Sala on the treatment table. Toro were still in with a shout of 8th place and a potential Conference League qualification but Radonič was out injured for them. For Spezia, it was a 3-5-2 formation with Drangovski in goal and the back of Nicolau, Ampado, and Vizniewski. Um, Reka started on the left with Amian on the right and the midfield tree of Ekdal, Esposito and Borabia with Inzola and Giassi playing up front. We hadn't seen that in a while. Eh? Giassi being played anywhere in the midfield. Um, it's refreshing to see these two up front together just yeah. because of the history that they have up front together. Um Torino lined up in a 3 4 1 formation with Vanya and Golan, the backline of Shores, Bongiorno and Rodriguez. They had Singo out on the right, Voivod out on the left, and Illich and Ricci in the middle. What a lovely midfield, too, that is. Miranchuk on the right, Vlasic on the left, and Sanabria up front. That is actually such a nice team, man, that Torino have. Yeah. In the 14th minute, Miranchuk almost opened the scoring with a lovely left footed curler, which hit the woodwork. In the 23rd, um, Torino got the first goal of the game as Vizniewski scored an own goal. Ilich's well-delivered corner found Singo, whose strike deflected in off the arm of Vizniewski, going down as an own goal. Spezia were awarded a penalty in the 34th minute when Bongiorno pulled back Inzola by the arm. However, a VAR review, um, after a VAR review, the penalty decision was revoked, as there was a prior handball by Giassi before the foul on in Zola. As a result, the initial penalty decision was overturned and instead a free-kick was awarded to Torino. In the 46th minute, still in the first half, Voivoda hit the post after some trickery after some trickery and a long-range low drive. Would have been his first goal in more than two years and it would have been nice to see him get it. In the 71st minute, it took until the 71st minute for Torino to make it too and it was Ritchie, this time a magical goal by Torino, brilliant work by Sanabria to skip past his opponents and give the ball to Vlasic. Vlasic found Ritchie intelligently centrally just inside the area who finished into the top corner, leaving Djongovski rooted to the spot. Just four minutes later, in the 75th minute, Illich got a goal. Vlasic found Illich from the byline, who finished in the bottom corner of the near post. Ex-Varona player doing his former team a solid. That's two um, assists by Vlasic in a row, by the way, as well. A great performance by him. In the 96th minute, <laughs> Karamo made it 4 thanks to a Sanabria assist. A Torino counterattack resulted in a 3v2 situation where Sanabria played Karamo through, who finished into the bottom corner. Now, pretty much, unfortunately, the talking points are all revolving around what we just spoke about, about oh, yes. Verona and Spezia, and formerly what we said about the race to 8th spot, so... The only thing I have really to mention in this game is another unfortunate incident that happened in Serie A once again. It seems like it's happening week after week. We saw it happen in Spain with Vinicius Junior as well. We've seen it happen in the Premier League as well this season um, with all these racist chants and and Mm -hmm. racist banners and and whatever um, taking place in the pitch. I was happy to see that um, in a Premier League match, um, uh, certain individuals who were shouting racist chants so on so forth to to certain players were identified and they were handed lifetime bans they did it in germany as well and um, they did it in spain they did it in england come on syria come yes, on I'm syria sure you have the
0: technology to identify the offenders ban them from the stadium for life and that will stop people from doing it because people
1: want to go back to the stadium. they could they could Allah give us seven angles of how the ball didn't cross the line You can't identify some guys in the pitch, man The the players are pointing at them Mm -hmm. This is what happened So during the match, an unfortunate incident occurred As some Spezia fans behind the Torino bench Behind the Torino bench, so very close to the stadium Directed racist abuse at Torino coach Ivan Juric The match was temporarily halted just before halftime and Giassi, a player from Spezia, approached his own fans and urged them to stop the abusive behaviour. A statement was read over the loudspeaker addressing the incident, and play eventually resumed. This incident highlighted the ongoing issue of racism in football and its negative impact on the game. Hopefully these individuals will be identified, banned for life, and maybe even spat on. Cause fuck these motherfuckers, why do you go to games? Why do you go to games? You're a Spezia fan. And you expect not to see your team lose 4-0 against Torino, who are miles, miles ahead of your club this season. Miles, you're going to go there and you're just going to hurl abuse at one of the most talented managers in the league, an absolute gentleman as well. You're going to direct abuse towards him. Yeah, it's it's un, it's unacceptable and it's hypocritical because when it comes to
0: racial abuse, the, the, you can find every race in every football Exactly. Thing. It's so stupid. Like if you're... Racially abusing The opposition Then you're racially Abusing your own Your own boys The boys on the field The boys representing The club you love So It's hypocritical And it's dumb
1: Um,
0: On the topic of Okay so Torino A really good season Much improved um, Great project They have going on Signing decent young players I like the way Their project is going Um, Spezia Do you know how much Robert Platek Born to a Polish family American owner Bought um, Spezia for in 2021 a monthly
1: yeah. payment of $3.99. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Patreon, <Yeah. laughs> the price of behind the McNuggets. scenes
1: content, it's a FIFA <laughs> content. Come on, I'm gonna be you oh. get to see the process of me drawing the cover art. Oh man, it's just
0: $3.99.
1: Like, get yourself off of McDonald's and get yourself on our Patreon, but no, tell, tell them, bro.
0: Um, you want to guess. 2021
1: he bought Spezia 2021? Oh, I don't know, bro I'll, I'll honestly throw the most random figure out 24 million euros Not that
0: much 24 million euros That's how small Spezia are On, on the grand Jesus. scale of things 24 that's million like... euros he bought the club 24 million euros you buy a player Like, not literally, a club, you know literally, Just literally. goes to show the levels over here And Verona should not be anywhere near these guys And that's why I want them to go down Because they deserve to be punished for exactly. the mismanagement
1: of, of that team Exactly anyway. uh, yeah. Just for context You get 25 million If you get promoted yeah. from Serie A To Serie A In the Premier League You get 100 million yeah. by the way Just for comparison's sake
0: in, in- Zala is worth more than Spatia
1: Literally No 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 100% Nowadays I think their price would have yes, gone up Yes yes yes, yes. Um, Well it depends Because they might be a, a Serie A they don't, a don't team. have Saponara anymore And they don't have Saponara <laughs> and, and, anymore or any of the great managers that they had before, yeah. the man, because they
0: they had a few. That's what they have. Huh? They they have. A, they've always managed to recruit the right people. Mm. Semplici, not a big fan, but Motta and Italiano were
1: fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. And, and come on to own a team in La Spezia, such a beautiful, beautiful space in Italy, man. Yeah, that 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 should, to be honest, increase their value. That's where the twenty-four million came from. I yeah, think totally. Torino, eighth place, fifty-three points. Current leaders in that race, the eighth. Place while Spezia 17 points, sorry, um, 17th place on 31 points level with Verona in 18th.
0: You confused me, I'm gonna have to start the podcast all over again. (laughs) The next game we're gonna be covering was the dramatic, exciting, incredible
1: Monza nil lecce one. Oh. This is why you have to listen to our entire episodes. These games, it, it's so tough to choose which ones come first. If it were up to us, this this might this have been, been the first, first yes. one, bro. Genuinely, but it is up to us. It is up to us, and but but you know, bro. Sometimes you just have to do stuff. Yeah. Sometimes we have to do things. You have to, to keep everyone happy. Boys. Oh, there's been a goal. There's been a goal. The first, minute. There's there's a minute. Been a first minute, fucking super have scored. Is that rover? Oh my god. ROFER! It's a- ROFER, dude! <laughs> this <laughs> so- is my dog, Rover. I found him in the dustbin. Six goals in 28 games for, uh, for Sutty Roll. Yes, so
0: Sutty Roll have taken the lead against Bar, you guys. Uh, my god. In the semi
1: final of the playoffs. Sutty Roll, dude! They bro. had their chances as well, dog, yeah. in this game. Jesus. Wow, 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 wow. Nice, sorry nice. What a the, story. Sorry to
0: interrupt the show yeah. like that, but we've got the <laughs> game on and it's been 0 0 this entire time. <laughs> Of course, there's still the second leg that needs to take place in Bari.
1: Yeah, yeah, but massive step in the right direction for Suteral.
0: Yes, um, this match had high stakes. Um, by the way, going back to Monza Yeah <laughs> uh, Monza nil Lecce one. Um, there was last minute penalty drama for both teams. Okay, let's let's get down to it. Um, of course, Monza were looking at that eighth place for the potential Conference League qualification. While Lecce are fighting for survival, as we've discussed many a time. So injuries and suspensions affected both lineups. Calderalla was out. and Dermarku was out. And Hulmand had to play for Lecce with a muscle injury. He came My on God. in the second half. Um, but they were desperate. They need their main man. You know, Hulmand is the yeah. guy. Who is yeah. the guy over there. <clears throat> He's now, the glory. Now... Lecce took quite a defensive stance in this game, of course. Uh, Monza dominated the possession. They had 74% ball possession. But um, Lecce were tight-knit and they barely let any shots through. So it seemed like they were going for anything mm. over here. Even a point, you know, just to distance themselves from those two rubbish teams. Yeah, let's <laughs> Um Yeah, so... We have Monza lining up with their usual 3-4-1-2 formation with Di Gregorio on goal. It's Omari and um, Marlon were at the back. With Carlos Augusto on the left, Anchuria on the right, Pessina and Rovella in the middle, with Danny Mota playing behind Caprari and Petania. For Lecce, it was usual 4-3-3 formation. Do I need, even need to say the backline? Literally. <laughs> literally. As the usual, guys, right? It's Falcone, Jean-André, Basquerotto, Titigallo, Askelson, Blin, Udin, Strefezza on the right, Banda on the left, and Cissé up front for this one. So yes, it was a tight game Of course, Lecce shut up shop well Monza tried to attack They dominated the possession 74% to Lecce's 26 But they barely had a shot The real action and penalty drama Started in the 91st minute When Buscarotto mistimed his tackle on Colpani Giving away a penalty It, it needed a VAR review um, Gittgier stepped up And Falcone saved the penalty What a hero yep. Massive moment Lecture, like, oh my god We can still get a point We can survive Little did they know That in the 101st minute get would give away a penalty by handling the ball in the area Lorenzo Colombo the youngster speaking of baby bombers that's a baby bomber right there Lorenzo Colombo on loan from Milan he stepped up lots of pressure with the fans right behind the goal a long wait as long wait. He shoots and he scores to confirm Lecce's safety and the scenes were immaculate. You know, you see the manager collapse to his knees. He He couldn't even watch. watch. He couldn't even watch. Um, It was just an amazing spectacle to watch. And um, I'm very happy that Lecce have said that because they've they've been good. They've been organized and there's clearly potential over here. And with a few installments in the team, I like the fact that they have consistency. They have the personnel that they rely on. Now all they need to, is to bring in a few pieces and try to hold on to what they have. Yeah,
1: Look, they've got a great goalkeeper. It's it's no secret as well. I'm a, I'm a massive fan of, of Falcone. I thought he he should have been Sampdoria's number one ahead of Audero. That's how good I think he is. is a, yes. a fine goalkeeper. That back line, Jean-Dre Bascarotto, Omtiti and Gallo. I mean, it's not easy to to just get promoted as a team and show all your faith in four guys um with only one real installment in, in Um Titi. Uh, yes. andre Bascarotto <laughs> and Gallo lecture players through and through. Um, even Askelson, Blin, and, and Udan, the Udan was the only player brought in. Strefezza, Banda, C yeah, Not to mention. They, sure. they did the it, it with their guys, man Hulman. Hulman. They did it with their it. guys, DiFrancesco. Yeah. So uh, that that's why I like them. And, and they were super solid. Very good from set pieces with, with Bascherotto towering over everyone. And they just did what they had to do. They had a very tough time in the second half of the season. They had a very good start mm. to the season. That first game against Inter, where they had all those injuries in defense, and and Inter only managed to find a late goal to get the victory over them. They had to shut up shop really well. They did a great job after that. gave everyone a tough time, and they <laughs> and they got their their special moment. Okay, it took it took a. Depressing couple of moments for one of the Monza players in in Kier who didn't have many chances Man of this the season. None of the match for for Lecce, definitely missing the penalty and then giving away a penalty that they converted. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: what was the video Monza had put up on social media? One kiss is all I it takes. takes Fall in love with, love with get me care, whenever Gitkier scores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, Lecce have actually never conceded more than two goals in a game. That just goes to show how good their backline is. A few offensive changes, and they'll be good to go if they manage to hang on to everyone. Yeah. So yes, um, after this intense, dramatic encounter, the current standings are. You're so good at this. Bro. Thank you very much. I'm sure everyone knows that. Look at this guy buying time. <laughs> um, Lecce are in sixteenth with thirty six points, while Monza are in tenth with fifty two points, that 8 spaces is still up for grabs for them, depending on what Torino and Fiorentina do, of course. Yeah.
1: The penultimate game we're going to be covering was Salernitana's dramatic 3-2 victory over Udinese. This is what we fucking left for the end, man. All these bloody yeah. bangers. There's a 3-2 victory for Salernitana over Udinese. and Salerno, the previous encounter was a nil-nil draw between both these sides. Because of this victory, Salernitana... Confirmed that they'll be staying in Serie A for their third consecutive season. Um, yeah, I mean, there was no doubt over there, I think, from from both yeah. our ends. They've been so good. But the fact that they got a victory in this manner over Udinese just fucking confirmed that, to be honest. The hosts had Danilolic and Guillaume suspended, plus Fazio, Valencia and top scorer Bulaedia injured. And then, as well, Lovato pulled out in the warm-up, adding to the issues. Um, so everything was against Salernitana coming into this game. Udojria sat out a ban for the Fruilani, with Isaac, Success, Ebosse, Delefeu, Ezibwe, and Pafundi unavailable. Salernitana played a 3-4-1 formation, with Fiorillo on goal and a backline of Perola, Trustekong, and Bron. Mazzocchi on the left, Castanos on the right with Koulibaly and Villene in the middle. Bothheim started um, on the left of Piontek, Andreva on the right of Piontek, and guess who was up front? Piontek. Um, and <laughs> Udinese played a 3-4-1-1 formation with Silvestri in goal on the back line of Perez, Bijol and Mazina. Pereira on the right, Ziegler on the left, good to see Ziegler. Um, and a midfield three of Samardzic, Wallace and Lovrich, with Thuvan playing behind Nesterovski, who features in the last four games of every season. <laughs> um... Ziglar opened the scoring for Udinese in the 24th minute, it was Samaric's strike that played ping-pong with two Salernitana defenders before falling to Lovric, who intelligently chipped the ball through to Ziglar, who finished well. There even seemed to be a handball in the ping-pong moment on Bron but advantage was played and Ziglar netted. In the 30th minute, just 6 minutes later, Nestorovski made it 2 for Udinese, Salernitana finding themselves 2-0 down at home just 30 minutes into the game. Tuvon unleashed Pereira with a super through ball and the captain unselfishly squared it to Nestorovsky, who finished into an empty net. Just before halftime in the 42nd minute, however, Salernitana pulled one back through Castanos. Kastanos left Silvestri rooted to the spot with a spectacular left-footed curling strike into the top corner from just inside the area after being found intelligently by Kondreva. In the 57th minute, then, it was the assister that turned into goal-scorer as Kandreva scored. It was Mazzocchi who laid off a free-kick to Kandreva, who struck the ball cleanly with power into the keeper's direction and into the back of the net. Fantastic goal. It's not easy to beat Silvestri in that manner. In the 78th minute, Arslan had the opportunity to put Udinese back in front, but he missed an open goal, skying it after a square ball by Beto. In the 86th minute, Ziegler received his second yellow after losing possession and pulling Lervolino to the ground. Who would have thought that a red card in the 86th minute would change the game? It was the 96th minute that former Udinese player Troost Ekong scored after a Sambia assist. The scenes were absolutely immaculate. You are here watching the, the game with oh, my yes. good friend Adam Ryan who works with me. is a beautiful soul. Um, I was showering because I had an all-nighter the night before Mm -hmm. and I was absolutely disgusting. It was similar to now, bro, because you smell like shit. Ah, come on, bro, I had a tough day. (laughs) A wonderful deep in-swinging cross by Zambia fell perfectly into the path of an oncoming true Stekong who guided the ball in off the post to secure a last-minute victory for Salernitana against his former club. I doubt they would have been in any danger, but they celebrated as though they were in danger. And that they got three points that secured survival for them Man, what a comeback What a comeback The Salernitana team this season
0: has once again proven All the haters and all the doubters wrong Um, At the beginning of the season I was re-listening to our first episode of Mm. our predictions Um, I had Salernitana to finish in that last relegation spot oh you, you know? idiot <laughs> yeah, yeah it was between them and spezia on my prediction mm. and i just staged salernitana because of spezia's street smarts to to actually survive mm. um i'm very happy to see that i was wrong because i have fallen in love with Salernitana. Yeah. another one of my favorite teams to watch their stadium's amazing the fans are amazing the vibes are impeccable um, through Stekong's goal at the end, just uh, it just shows the passion of of Salerno and mm. of all the people of Salerno and and the team man and uh,
1: and just... of the the storyline is just incredible because he was there, right? He he was there, and, and was not only Watford. was he there, but he had that whole Watford Odinez Pozzo yeah. thing going on, so. I think people that leave Udinese and leave Watford typically have a bad taste in their yeah. mouth because they're just used, used as pawns for these businessmen. I've been saying this a lot in this yes. this episode, going after the businessmen. But literally, they they okay they give opportunities for players to typically play in the top flight of Serie a and the top flight of um, the Barclays Premier League, but. You know, they, they'd have other opportunities elsewhere that I'm sure they'd be keen on exploring. Here's Truste Kong exploring one of these opportunities and just shoving one up Watsa's ass with that last-minute goal, man. Beautiful. Kandreva's goal, Kandreva's assist. I mean, Kandreva, just, just when the stakes are high, Kandreva's a monster, bro, isn't he, man? I let him I go him. on
0: fantasy football and he exploded. And, and for who? Tell them. For I, I took La Oriente instead. Um, and he dipped. And he didn't get me a single goal Or a single 5.5 after 5.5 After 5.5 bro, mm-hmm. um, The worst Fanta culture trade I have ever made in my life But anyway Yeah, you bottled that Fanta
1: I took I that did, third, did. third place ahead of you This is the first Fanta That Jake and I have participated in together That none of us won the league That's true <laughs> That's funny Yeah, but guess who won the league On our, on our Fanta Luke Mintoff. <laughs> One of It's always a serious spotlight guy There we go, dude there. We have to be careful who we bring on the podcast next exactly. year, because we, we want to win we, it, bro. We, yeah, true. Fair enough. But that's pretty much it for, for this game. I could go on all day about how much I love Salernitana and how Udinese have been bottling it recently. Um, I mean, to be 2-0 down in the 30th minute and to go down the way that they did is quite disappointing for them, especially after they shut up shop so early. You'd think that they could control the game, but but it, it did seem like there was a massive lapse in, in um, concentration. Udinese and nothing to play for while Salernitana in their minds they had something to play for mm. whether it was because it was even though it wasn't sorry mathematically confirmed it doesn't mean that they shouldn't give it their 100% and you would have thought that the 1-1 would have been enough in the in the um 57th minute but instead of shutting up shop and playing it safe Ziegler gets a red card in the 86th and they just fucking go for it, bro. These deep balls into the box. Finally, it was True Stekong that found it and got the three points. Salernitana confirmed safe in 15th place on 42 points and only four points behind Udinese in 12th place. That's how tight it is um, from the bottom in the bottom half of the table.
0: Totally, bro. Sampdoria 2, Sassuolo 2. A match that not many cared about this yeah. match did. Um, literally nothing, nothing to say here. You
1: just close off.
0: Thank you very much. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> so Sassuolo have actually won eight say matches against Sampdoria. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you will stop hearing planes in the background. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> and that's one, they won't realize, yeah. bro.
0: Sassuolo, yes, have won eight say matches against Sampdoria. That's the most victories they have achieved against any team in the competition. Um, Sampdoria have won their last two Serie A matches against Sassuolo, even though they had previously won only three of their previous 17 encounters. Sampdoria, you're,
1: just, you're putting every number in bold that you're saying. It's yes, hilarious. Sir. Sampdoria
0: have kept a clean sheet <laughs> in three of their last four home games against Sassuolo and Serie A after failing to do so in the previous five matches. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Now... Um, Stankovic Sampdoria Lined up with a 3-4-1-2 Formation with Turk From Tarzan and goal. <laughs> <laughs> Nuitink And Oh god oikonomo, oikonomo, Yes We'll <laughs> yeah. go for Oikonumu. Okay. <laughs> I want to lock in those lyrics Wrong It was Aisharona <laughs> Now Augello <laughs> was the left fullback Zanoli was the right fullback Stacked in that department Rincon, Harry Winks, and Leris in the middle. And then you start to understand why they're a bit, you know. And then Qualiarella and Gabiadini up front. Uh, once again, it really paints the picture. They have no mobility. They really can't stretch defenses yeah. with uh, Qualiarella and Gabbiadini oh. up
1: front. Bro, once you said Harry Wanks instead of Harry, Harry Winks. winks you've never said it again, but it was what a moment that, that was. was. funny, bro. That's it. Harry Wanks, dude.
0: <laughs> Harry Winks, but does he wank? <laughs> Concilli was in goal for Sassuolo on their 4-3-3 formation with Zortea as the right back um, Ehrlich and Ferrari as the centre-backs and Rogerio as the left back Um, just look, look at the screenshots from who scored bro We've got God, Erlich man. with a red ball on his head and Ferrari with a red E on his head. <laughs> like, do these guys, are, are they cursed? What's <laughs> up with their center, guys? <laughs> er- Erlich go. isn't even bad. Like, and <laughs> he, he just scores <laughs> own goals, makes mistakes. I don't get it. Obiang, Thor's Vet, and Henrique were in the middle with Berardi on the right, Sadie on the left, and Pinamonti up front. The match started with Sampdoria putting some early pressure on Sassuolo there in two corners in the first two minutes with Oikonomu's header going wide on the second attempt. In the eighth minute, Gabbiadini took advantage of a mistake by Ferrari to give Sampdoria the lead. However, just moments later, Berardi equalized for Sassuolo on the ninth minute with a well-taken effort. Sassuolo quickly turned the game around as Henrique scored in the eleventh minute, (laughs) putting them ahead with just goal after goal after goal. Both teams had chances throughout the first half, with Gabbiadini hitting the post and Berardi hitting the crossbar. The second half saw fewer clear-cut chances, but Sampdoria managed to equalize in the 78th minute through an own goal by Ehrlich. The match ended in a 2-2 draw, meaning that both teams will share the spoils in a draw.
1: Yeah, absolutely nothing to play for in this game. Nothing brother. to play for, nothing to
0: say. It just almost feels like these teams are testing out their players now. You know, I mean, you see Sassuolo fielding um, the likes of Sades, Ortea at the back, Obiang in the midfield, while Sampdoria just, I think, are trying to get some value out of their players by hoping they get a goal at the end and they can be yeah. like. That. He's worth five million. Exactly. Not two, because he scored against Sassuolo at the end. <laughs>
1: all right. I mean, I'm not really. I don't really have
0: talking points, bro. To be honest with
1: you about this one. Oh, right, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I, again, this this game had friendly written all over it, didn't yeah, it, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely. Just, just a bunch of guys hanging out,
0: playing some football. Mm. You know, both teams start with an S. <laughs> the S
1: Derby the, um, the Saw Derby Obviously the classic Sassuolo Need, need, need to invest in defenders
0: While well, Sampdoria need, need, need investors And, yeah, and exactly. apparently, apparently the Leeds guy Is, is buying Sampdoria bro mm. the, the owner of Leeds And apparently he's been given the green light And this must happen
1: yeah, he's that Radrizzani guy Apparently the, the lead supporters want him out anyway Because they, they got relegated this season um, So maybe it's an opportunity for him to take a new venture in Italy Get this very historic, beautiful brand Beautiful team that Sampdoria are And try to guide them back into Serie A Inject some funding in them And, and you know, just do his best to make them a consistent Serie A team again I miss the <laughs> team Sampdoria used to be
0: Same, bro um, our boy Taco on, on Twitter tagged us and told us that he started a career on Football Manager 2023 with Sampdoria. And I'm going to read what he said, okay? I started a career on FM23 with Sampdoria and I'm going to prove that it's easy to do well with them as long as we don't play Gabbiadini on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think salvation is guaranteed pretty much with, with Gabbiadini
1: playing up front Literally, on the man. <laughs> You see what happens when you play him up front he becomes the top scorer yeah. of the team. Probably, I think he has... 75% of the goals that Sampdoria have this season probably. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised. And Augello probably has half the assists. Like, exactly
0: Honestly, they've barely got anything, man. Yeah, Augello's
1: um, being linked to be Theo's vice for next year at, ooh, at Milan, that would be ooh, very be, nice. Yeah. Hopefully very he's good. done studying physics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um that's actually true. He was yeah. studying physics for a while. But
0: yes, guys, um that's it. Um where they are in the table. Oh yes, I mean so Yeah I think I think everyone knows Samdoya lost have to, I have to piss dude That's why I'm fucking <laughs> So You can do it Yeah that's bit Samdoya are dead last With 19 points Confirmed last There's nothing yes. they can do about while it Well Saswolo are 13th With 45 points 13 The unlucky number For the unlucky team
1: Yeah well, thank you very much for tuning in once again, guys. The penultimate episode of season two. Well, actually, not really the penultimate because we'll have the next episode where we'll talk about all that happened in match day 30, Eight. 38 of the, of the season. The last match day, naturally, we'll be talking about my stay in Milan to watch Milan-Verona, which is going to be a bit of a party now rather than a fight for a top four. Um... And yeah, and then we'll obviously do our our classic full rundown of the entire league with our tops and flops. Last year, it was a four-hour episode. I don't know if it's going to be four hours again this season. We'll see. But thank you for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to follow us on um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you're listening if you're interested in our patreon you can find our link in our bio on instagram you can hit us up um uh, if you have any questions and we'll guide you accordingly from yeah. there we love to hear from you guys so do drop a text don't be shy Definitely. don't
0: don't be a stranger there don't, don't be a stranger baby okay time for the outro music yep here we go
1: you ain't touching nothing that i do i mean no disrespect
0: today was dropping over there and make them switch connects get anything i want and making sure i never miss a step only thing we ever focused on is secrets better cut everywhere we go i'm that nigga me no disrespect if it ain't no money on the line it's a disconnect found a couple stacks in accounts that i didn't